Welcome to the Knowledge Entrepreneurs Show, where we celebrate the innovators driving change in the education industry. At Edison OS, we've worked with over 500 knowledge entrepreneurs to turn their edtech ideas into profitable businesses. In today's episode of the Knowledge Entrepreneurs Show, we have Ajay Naveen. Ajay Naveen is a Canadian PR aspirant and IELTS practitioner who guides others on how to crack the IELTS exam and obtain their Canada PR visa without the need for expensive consultancies or immigration lawyers. With a CLB 9 and 10 band score, Ajay has processed his own PR application without spending a dime and has helped 10 plus others to do the same, with six of them already in Canada. His goal is to assist 500 plus PR aspirants to crack IELTS and obtain their PR visa by the end of 2023. So Ajay, first of all, you know, thank you so much for um, accepting the invite to be a part of this podcast. And pleasure, uh, pleasure. I've, uh, it, you know, even though I've told you what is the purpose of this podcast, uh, I'll kind of, you know, uh, run it through to you again, uh, so that you know uh, the next ninety to hundred twenty minutes we are aligned on that. And uh, so as the name uh, suggests, you must have, you know, figured out by now, uh, the Knowledge Entrepreneur Show is a show by the Knowledge Entrepreneurs for the Knowledge Entrepreneurs. Okay, our guests so far have been Knowledge Entrepreneurs, meaning any entrepreneur who's running a business by offering knowledge as a service, right? It could be, you know, you who's uh, helping people crack aisles and then get a PR and um, it could be other people, you know, who are teaching music, uh, sports and, you know, academics and all of these people. Or it could also be some people, you know, who are um, building products around the education domain yes, in software. So that is also part of um, this domain, the way we look at it. And, uh, but, you know, when we have guests, um, we definitely do, um, you know, speak about their business, you know, what is their business and all those things. But mostly, the purpose of the show is to uh, talk about the things surrounding their business, you know, how it was started, under what circumstances was it started, what are the difficulties, highs and lows in running the business, Um, you know, is it... um, the outcome of this podcast need not have to be, okay, follow these 10 steps to become a successful entrepreneur or something like that. In fact, we've had guests who've run successful academies and they have moved on to consulting business after 15 years. Mm. So they were successful, but then they've moved on. So Mm. uh, this podcast can also throw light on, um, you know, what it takes to be an entrepreneur. You you could be somebody who's listening might be a teacher trainer, uh, but uh training in a company or teaching in a company being paid on a monthly basis that's a different thing mm. and then taking a leap to start your own business and then you know after that uh, it changes will you be still continue you know will you still be in a position to teach uh, will you have that uh, bandwidth or should you become a businessman and so students and uh, all these things what happens through this is that even their cup of tea it not only is going to help them figure out how to run, it can also help them figure out whether it is for them and uh, it could really uh, save people from getting in and getting out and they can rather decide, no, you know what, I will rather be a teacher and a trainer 
and mm. focus full time on that that's where my strength lies and my focus interest lies so i'd rather yeah. be that so it could also help them like that so that is the purpose so right. this uh, podcast will also focus on you know ajay how you started your company maple assistance mm. and your journey a little bit of your personal uh, stories and all those things right so that is what this podcast is going to be uh great ajay so we'll get started my first question is a light one it's an open ended question it's more personal because you know um before we get to know anything about maple assistance i think it's very important to know ajay the person uh what was his growing up like his childhood and then you know uh how did this uh whole project of maple assistance start off and stuff like that so if you can walk us through your childhood you know and your journey leading up to this point you know where you're sitting here talking about maple assistance that'll uh, be an amazing start to this podcast today all right so first of all thank you so much for having me here uh, jag so it's been a honor it's a pleasure to be here with you and to give a basic introduction about myself i was uh, born and brought up here in kwamator so uh, a, a district here in tamil nadu and i had a i should say that i i really had a wonderful childhood i was uh, i had the privilege of you know going to a very light school here in my place and in fact my college i did my engineering electrical and electronics engineering from a very reputed institution here in kwamator it's called kwamator institute of technology and uh, i i mean <clears throat> i wouldn't call myself an extrovert i would love to be an introvert but i don't mind speaking to people and i don't mind addressing people you know that was always been a part of me so right from my school days onwards i really loved performing on the stage and when people appreciate the performance that actually gave me a high so that made me you know i felt that i should be there where people are able to see me where i deliver something and then people appreciate me i really loved it right so that was there that was that was part of me right from my childhood and i used to be a performer and uh, then and there when i got a chance in even in school uh, when there would be no volunteers to go to the front and give a welcome speech or whatever i used to be the one i i really didn't mind making mistakes yes i was nervous and stuff but i really didn't mind making mistakes i i wanted that attention maybe at that point in time maybe that gave me a high i don't know but i was always there whenever an opportunity presented itself i would love to grab it with both my hands and that's how it all started so then what happened like i was part of an organization during my college days uh, which was um it was very similar like uh, it was by the students for the students right so there was a different category colleges there was tier tier 1 colleges tier 2 colleges tier 3 colleges so we had the privilege of being there in the tier 1 colleges and a tier 3 tier 4 college student uh, even though he is my friend he didn't get the same exposure what i got so this organization was formed for that and like we were addressing uh, the stuff to the tier 4 colleges tier 3 colleges we were helping them out in, in terms of skill set and other training programs i was an active member of all these things and uh, we started a company even when we were in our college days so uh, at that time i still remember it's called student software solution wherein like uh, 12 heads from 12 different colleges were picked and uh, we were we started a company and uh, i started a company by name a software solution and that was during my second year third year college and uh, we were able to get some projects convince few people designing projects and small software projects which we were 
able to do and uh, um uh, among those 12 our company did really well and like i i received an award from uh, mr patsadi he was the one of the member founding member of uh, mindry that point in time so these things you know um, always i mean i felt that you know i had that urge towards starting up something when i and i understood my passion is towards training teaching people interacting with people i really loved doing that you know uh, helping people out on a particular skill set you know helping them manage stuff educating them whatever i knew educating them on those things so i really loved that and also i had this entrepreneurial stint so like for a brief point in time so i was really fascinated about this and uh, my college is really good at placements so they somehow managed to bring a lot of companies and i was able to secure job offers in couple of companies and now came the dilemma because uh, it was a pretty good very good mnc company now now the dilemma was to whether start a company which was my passion or should i go be smart take up an offer which was a fantastic offer at that point in time so uh, my parents were not convinced in me starting a company like any indian parent at that point in time uh, they were not not at all convinced uh, with me starting a business and stuff uh, but something told me that you know this should work it should work out i had good company i had my friends who were also equally passionate so i wanted to do this with them um so i was i i spoke to them i tried convincing them after a point in time you cannot convince your parents right so yeah. they they accept it doesn't mean that they are convinced right so they don't have an option either what happened was like um at at a particular point in time like they said like okay fine this is what if this is what you really wanted to go give this a try maybe give it they thought like okay this guy is going to give it a try for maybe a year or so and then he's going to come back and maybe we'll get him another job those are thing but the moment i went ahead and i had a clear business plan my my plan was to you know educate students my plan was to be amongst the students educate them help them out right, right. and when i had a solid idea in my hand with the experience that i had i was able to penetrate the market easily uh, for some reason and um, frankly speaking that was uh, that was a setback to me because i had early success early success is something that an entrepreneur shouldn't have that's what yeah. i personally uh, feel early success is really dangerous uh, frankly speaking i had early success things went on well and my parents okay then they felt okay this guy is doing something with his life not sure what he's doing but he's doing something is with his life because uh, i was not depending on them for money uh, i was not giving them money though at the same time i was not dependent on them but we were registering a company we had an office space we had people working for us and all those things were set up and when my parents were seeing like they were pretty happy uh, not so convinced but they felt like okay this guy is up to something so let's see let's give him some more time so things went on and that's how it all started you know uh, yeah. frankly speaking i would give the credit you you asked a very uh, really good question you asked about the childhood i would credit this entrepreneurial sting to my childhood because if not for that environment if not for the people whom uh, who were surrounding me i i really don't think i would have chosen this particular path so to answer your question short fantastic childhood uh, amazing parents and uh, great friends so i i enjoyed it frankly speaking got it ajay so uh, ajay uh, so you up until now uh, haven't worked at all after your graduation 
you nope. only okay great you've been an entrepreneur all along amazing um <clears throat> so you said you know after your graduation you got a couple of offers but then you know you were always passionate about starting up and then you started up uh what was can you uh deep dive into that first startup of yours um what was it about and uh, i mean did it sustain you you spoke about a very interesting concept about how an entrepreneur shouldn't have early success it's dangerous um i think uh, i might have experienced that a little bit and uh, i'm sure a lot of people resonate with that as well so what happened so when you say that it means you were successful initially and then something happened and then probably you know you uh you you know you went uh, so what happened after that um, and you know if you can if 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 you can also share the details about what that startup was and then you know how long was it successful and why did you say that you know it's um dangerous for a entrepreneur to have his early journey successful okay right fantastic question once again um okay so i'll answer the first part of the question so what right. happened what was my startup i started up a company called as happy miles okay happy miles was the name of the company so we were into uh, education sector we were uh, targeting colleges and schools we were training people on placements we were helping them out on aptitude on clearing their interviews and uh, building their personality and stuff so the thing was um, uh, initially when when i started i was doing all my research you know um I, i i didn't start my company here in kwamato even though i'm from kwamato this is my uh, battlefield i i never started my uh, journey here in kwamato rather what i did was like i we we made a research we did a research and we understood that um there are tier 2 tier 3 cities here in tamil nadu which requires our services more right so i don't have to do i don't have to lift the heavy part like how i have to do here in kwamato in case when it comes to a city like kwamato or chennai what really happens is that there are already a lot of players and the institutions are uh, having a bit of exposure mm-hmm. but where you go a bit south or like to other places you don't get this you don't get to see this right so we wanted to cater to those students right then then i actually started my thing of uh, in in a juncture in in a place called namakkal this is here in tamil nadu so what happened was we had our office over there and we were able to cover a very good belt you know like uh, we were able to cover this rasipuram namakkal selam erode even kwamato right it okay. didn't mean that we we never had clients in kwamato no we had clients in kwamato in fact i did my training in uh, my very own institution uh, cit so uh, we had premium institutions as well at the same time we were focusing a lot on these institutions so right. what really happened was frankly speaking uh, jagmohan this success itself was a surprise to me i never planned this thing up so what right. happened like uh, i still remember you know 2010 i compl- uh, got got out of my college 2011 we we had all these things ready and we were uh, hitting the road that point in time when we when we went into uh, went to namakkal for the first time they were looking at us as god you know because uh, we had the language and we had the background so the moment i told them i am from cit i was getting a red carpet welcome and uh, right. people were able to associate with me and they wanted they 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 obviously felt that okay there is something that this guy could contribute right and uh, 
penetrating the market initially was very easy all i had to say was like i have to share my brochure i have to explain what i had for their students right. and give a glimpse of my background that was more than sufficient for these institutions to say okay and sign a deal right right so initially what what really happened was you know um I, now coming to the second part of the question why is early success dangerous right so in my case what happened um generally when you go to these kind of smaller towns like namakkal or rasipuram or salem or erode what happens is like all the institutions you will have 10 institutions 15 institutions right but the thing is all the institutions they are connected some way or the other so this is this is uncles this is niece this is nephews some way or the other these are all relatives only right, right? so what happened was uh, we did a we put up a really great show in one of the institution i had no clue that this institution had connections with all the surrounding institutions right the moment the word came out that you know students were really happy and the, the during the last day we invited guests over to come and you know the management also man people from the management came and we were uh, we were showcasing what we did and students were giving testimonials and it was a fantastic show went really great and what really happened was you know the word quickly spread to the other institutions hmm. right so other institutions instead of we approaching the institutions institutions started coming to us right. and they wanted to sign up with happy miles they wanted us to be a part at that juncture what i personally was doing it i was doing all the heavy heavy lifting i re- didn't really have a team it was just a team of three people you know okay i take care of the training another person to take care of operations another one to take care of the marketing it was a very simple team we really didn't want to be you know crorepatis or mila uh, uh, uh all these things we wanted to try this thing out we were really young at that point in time 21 was when i started 2021 was when i started so you know how how we think at yeah. that age right so uh what really happened was um institutions started coming to us and uh, when then we we had to hire people because the volume was huge you know it's like uh we have to give training to 1000 people you know 800 people there is another group of institutions there a massive group of institutions where they have close to about 30000 people and they wanted us to do for all then we were like surprised like then i didn't know what to know because i was totally new to this right so hiring started so right. hiring left right and center and the moment you start tasting success very early in life you know like when you are 21 22 and when people start coming to you and they say that hey you are my inspiration you have done this you have done that i'm not talking about students who walk walk up and uh, compliment you i'm talking about professors or assistant professors uh, management who come and tell hey you have been doing a great job i've never seen something like this then that gets gets to your head right, right? and you think that you are invincible right and you think that oh my god i've taken the best decision of my life and even the money right so early success in terms of money as well right, right? so you start getting money then you 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 think of getting a headquarters for yourself you think of getting a executive table for yourself and a <laughs> chair for yourself you invest a lot on these things which are really not required but kind of a show off to a 21 year old because right. my friends were sitting in mnc companies making 20 25000 a month paying pf this that and after the deductions 18 to 20 25k and i was like solid six figures right so i thought okay i have i have cracked the code 
my life is settled my life is for good and then the reality came then the reality hit you know the market reality so i was playing around with this 10 institutions but the reality is not just 10 institutions correct you have to if you are building a team if you are making something up then obviously you have to uh, scale up you know scaling up was a problem uh, right. getting the right uh, people inside uh, your team was a problem right and slowly the the the, the institutions are not going to be uh having the same passion that they had when they signed up with you right so initially when days go off then they also know you they they understand you and they get exposed to a lot of other companies as well that's the time when other companies from chennai and coimbatore were also penetrating this particular market hmm. right so they they followed this uh, strategy of mine and they were i mean i wouldn't say that it was my strategy but again they felt that this is a very good market and they also started coming in and uh, it also started getting crowded so these institutions started having options right, right? so then you, your business goes and it hits a low right and then you think of like okay what really happened so it was not a failure it, i wouldn't call my uh, first business as a failure it was going good hmm. it it was fine but the actual failure is because i felt a burnout i was like right. exhausted right uh, i personally think that when you're passionate about something when you're doing something you should not get exhausted but i was at one point in time i was completely exhausted the way it was going and you know because uh, trainers trainers hiring trainers was the most difficult thing because for them nobody see training as a profession right, right. for them right. it was a bridge maybe one two years they come and then they leave so i train people i put a lot of um, effort in training these people send them out for you know train the trainer programs or what not all the workshops but after 2 years the, this person leaves mm. so again i'll have to bring in a new person so building a team these things were a real hassle and then finally i think 2015 uh, i decided okay um, it's time to say uh, goodbye to this particular business model i was pretty sure about my skill set i was confident of my strength hmm. all those things were there but i felt the model was not working for some reason the reason is because doing the training is one getting hmm. the payment from these big institutions is a total different thing hmm. maybe i am not good at it right right so at that point in time when 15 lakhs 20 lakhs check gets held by the institution for a span of 6 months or like 8 months one year right it's a big amount for me i cannot source this one from my end and if i have to do it then again i have to get it as a debt or a loan and i have to pay interest and it was not adding up the numbers were not adding up right. institutions very coolly they say that hey ajay your your the next year order is yours so i'll be paying this so they they never pay you it's not that they don't pay you at all but they don't pay you on time but oh. i have to pay my trainers i have to pay my team and i have to take care of the logistics and other things right so right. this was not adding up for some reason and uh, that's when i decided okay we'll stick to training but instead of we going to companies or uh, sorry the institutions colleges, colleges i i decided instead of working it as b2b why not let's try b2c directly catering to students right, right. so then uh, we shut down all our operations in namakkal we had an office there in namakkal and we had a, had an office here in pamatur as well at that point in time we actually shut down the operations uh, in namakkal we had a very small office there in chennai as well 
Uh, and we closed down all these offices and then we focused more on in-house training. We wanted students to start coming in. Right. So I I wouldn't call my first thing as failure. It was mm-hmm. working, but didn't really go the way or it didn't really work out the way I expected it to. So um, it's still not a failure, but a lesson I would rather say, but didn't go the way that I expected it to. That was uh, a small story about uh, Maple Assistance, how it started. Where you it mean went. Happy Miles? Happy Miles, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's Happy Miles, yeah. <laughs> no, that's not a problem. I mean, uh, so... I mean, I can clearly see that, you know, it was not about um, you just made a decision to get out of that business model for whatever reasons. It's not about, you know, it was not like there was no market for that business because some Mm. of the businesses um, that uh, has shut down, you know, from my conversations, it is because either they were too early in the market, um, Mm. you know, there was no market and stuff like that. But I think this is a little different reason. It didn't meet your idea of a business and you thought, Mm. you know, I, you could have a better version of a business and that's That's right. But, um, I'd like to, you know, uh, dig a little more uh, into Happy Miles because uh, you may have shut it down, uh, Ajay, but I think um, a lot of value can be um, got out from this conversation in terms of, you know, because uh, it is expensive for people to make mistakes themselves and learn from it. Rather, you know, if they um, find out from other businesses what went wrong, maybe they may not, uh, although all businesses are not same, the circumstances are different. But still, I think some insights can be brought out of it. So just a few more questions before we move on from Happy Miles. So Happy Miles, uh, you started in 2010, 2011. Is that correct? 11. And then it uh, went on till 2015. So just about five years um, of running Happy Miles. And five years is a very good time to run a business. You wouldn't have run it if there were no profits or, you know, you were still making money and stuff like that. So uh, what was the peak revenue you hit uh, while you were running uh, Happy Miles? And was it in the middle of the five-year uh, period or was it towards the end of the five-year period? So um, the revenue, see, frankly speaking, when I decided to quit uh, Happy Miles, right. the revenue was still there. Okay. We had uh, our loyal uh, customers. We had, right. it was it was tough for us to say no to these uh, institutions because right. they were a part of uh, Happy Miles for a very long time. Three years, four years is a very long time when it comes to this business, you know. Right. Uh, two, three years itself is a very long time because the institution keeps shuffling the the players, you know. Right. This year they call this vendor. Um, we had loyal customers in, in Trichy. We had loyal customers in Coimbatore. We had loyal customers in Namakkal, Salem region. Right. 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 It was hard for us to say no. And uh, I was able to hit a number anywhere between... Um, five to six lakhs in a month, right? This was the number we were actually hitting at that point in time. Uh, and we were a team of, uh, I, I, I if I remember it right, I think it's around 15 to 16 people, okay. including uh, the office people, meaning the, the administration, the yeah. HR, the operations and, and, and stuff, right? So 15, 16 people. Right. So I wouldn't say the numbers was uh, bad. Numbers was okay. But, you know, um, the thing was, it was not coming at the right time, you know, mm-hmm. so it has to happen at the right time, especially when it comes to numbers. There is no point in someone coming and giving you uh, five lakhs extra when you really don't need the cash. But when you right. need it, even a single rupee is going to be really uh, important, right? Right, right. So 
five lakhs uh, we used to get we, we used to make this money because obviously the running cost itself was really high at that point in time without right. this money we we couldn't actually run the show right. so we were making the money it was not it was neck to neck it was kind of uh, breaking even and uh, we had our profits we have taken the profits we have invested reinvested that in our business to you know uh, um, explore a few different things we have hired uh, creative people to to give a different flavor to training we have tried out all those things and we have spent a lot of money on research as well right, right? so we were making a quite decent money at that point in time but that wasn't good enough frankly speaking right so on on any terms making someone who was making like 4 5 lakhs a month and uh, if he's even making a 50 50k 60k profit still would have made sense but uh, for us it was not working out the numbers were not working out and also i was able to sense this burnout right, right, uh, right. i was feeling tired here and to achieve this numbers i have to put in a lot and lot of effort so didn't really make uh, uh, sense to me to go ahead and continue the same model or the same business the way it was going because obviously it's going to give you the same results right and uh, again another reason would be like lot of mushroom players also cropped in i should definitely mention this hmm. right lot of mushroom players also cropped in uh, and 2011 it was a different story but 2015 uh, by the time it was 2014 2015 the story was totally different so what happened was all these trainers you know uh, who train for a particular company they come out of the company they understand the business they come out of the company two three people join together right they go to an institution and they tell that hey if you are paying 1000 rupees there mm-hmm. we'll we can get this done for like 200 rupees 300 rupees you know this cheap thing and these are the people you are referring to the mushroom, mushroom players. players right uh, small companies right. and all these freelance groups you know so Got institutions it. not all the institutions they care about the reputation or some institutions they want to do it they want to give it a try they want to do it for the sake of they have things on a tight right budget. so yeah. they are on a tight budget yeah correct so maybe ours don't fit their budget so then it right. kept on getting crowded here the space got crowded here and i really didn't i cannot afford to bring down my prices because i was giving something of quality right and right. i cannot bring down the prices like you, you compare this with another thing then you cannot compare ap- apples and oranges so institutions right. start comparing hey this fellow is doing for this and this fellow why not you come down on your price we'll give right. you more numbers but again i felt that i should not do a business that way it was not making sense for me and all these things it was not just one thing that made me okay like let's let's stop this it was a culmination of all these you know one after another after another so then i decided okay this is somewhere not working money is not coming on time right. very hard to retain these trainers and mushroom players cropping in and the numbers every every month i'll have to put in that effort because like i take 10 trainers this month five of them would you know leave the company so uh the, the very next month so i have to uh, take in another 10 10 people so it was not really making sense it was i felt that it was um, i was not going anywhere if at all i was got it, got it. making yeah. exponential uh then it would have made sense but no the money was still right. the same and uh, but i was doing a lot of heavy lifting and uh, i was wearing out frankly speaking then i felt maybe no this is not the way we need to work and uh, people in the company were making money but i was not making money so then that that was an indication right so for an any uh, yeah. founder like this was a clear cut indication right 
in spite of achieving a lot in spite of uh, having a very good base and stuff if the money is not there in your bank account then something is wrong it's leaking somewhere then i yeah. thought maybe i should take a call right so enough for now i use the same brand but uh, not for uh, outbound trainings now we used uh, maple assistance maple assistance became an in-house training uh, program from i think it was 15 16 2015 16 at that point in time that's when you started maple assistance yeah happy miles was coming down no maple assistance was started a bit later uh, okay. not at 2016 because around 2018 i started maple assistance that's a i'll i'll come to that story maybe uh talking right, sure. yeah yeah we will we will definitely talk about maple <laughs> assistance but you know uh, the back story of how uh, i think that's where i'm trying right, to get a detail right, right, yeah so uh, ajay uh, happy miles you were the only founder is it or you had uh, two more founders um you? they were not founders actually but uh, they were a part of okay. the team uh, right so uh, again okay so they were under you you were the um, uh, solopreneur not know, a, how it started no off. we these people i wouldn't call them you can call them maybe co-founders but they didn't continue for long right so Got they it. were there for initially they were there with me but after a year or two like uh, one guy he was into it so he started something on his own in, in it mm-hmm. close friends of mine mm-hmm. another friend he uh, took his way and he was into something else right so um we are all still friends and very close friends in fact uh but each one into a different uh, field right now right and uh, they were there with me like yeah, for some time i would say like two two and a half years three years so yeah got it ajay so uh, when you decided you know 2015 you want to wrap up happy miles i'm sure you know um you must have there is a reason why you're doing that and uh, you must have already been thinking you know okay these are the mistakes i've made here you i'm sure you're already looking at your next startup and then you know not committing those mistakes and then making it better as an entrepreneur i think it gets a little more exciting when you're going to wind up one business and start another business because you're so much more wiser and then you know you do not want to do those things and you know how differently you're going to do that so uh, from that perspective not from a uh, uh, you know the business model the happy miles business model let's leave the type of the business you were doing in happy miles let's simply take it as a business right as a business what are the lessons that you took away from happy miles um domain agnostic lessons so one thing if you want to build a successful company it is not about you it's about your team for sure right you might be having a billion dollar idea you might be having uh, a skill and expertise it's going to take you maybe a mile but if you want to go miles then you definitely need to have the team and you need to have a team with a vision right so when i'm talking about team i am not talking about people who you pay money and they work for you for a month they they give you your 8 eight hours time no that's not the kind of team i'm talking about you need to have a team who believes in you uh who sees value in what you're doing and what committed right so this is absolutely important and uh, i would say that you know one learning was i i learned it a bit late right hmm. so one thing um, is that you know you have to attract such people in your team and you cannot force people to believe in your vision right so to a certain right. extent i felt that you know i was forcing my team to see the way i think i i i'm seeing hmm. it right they were not getting the picture but 
i was trying to force them into my vision and stuff that didn't really work you know the 100% commitment was not there so frankly speaking that is number one a big lesson that i learned right so right. it's very hard to find that one person who can be a part of your team even to find that one person it might take a lot of time sometimes you may not even find that teammate right so your, your right. business can go like that as well we really don't know this is one right. number 2 um choose to handle money wisely how do you handle money that's okay. absolutely important absolutely important right so um my biggest lesson from happy miles was not to invest on things which are not required for a span of one year okay i was investing mm. things on temporary stuff you know mm. so uh, my office space i i took a i took an office space this is a classic example i took an 4000 square feet office space i was paying a rent mm. of like 40 50 grand i'm talking about 2012 right it may not be a big money right now but 2012 it's huge yeah back that then, was yeah. huge i we had uh, classrooms we had a lot of facilities but we didn't really make use of those facilities and we had a team of 15 16 people this 4000 square uh, square feet office space was just a meeting hub for all these 18 guys maybe we could have gone with a co-working space or we could have done anything we wanted with that money but i chose to do this and not just that investing in the interiors you know that's when you get the high right you you start making money then you think of <laughs> why is this a, a wooden door why not make this a glass door right why not right. why not have a wallpaper instead of you know painting why not uh, do a coat here when you enter the you need to get the vibe and these things don't really matter end of the day what matters right. is the value that you give to your clients and the money that you that comes to your bank account these are the two things that that right. really matter you don't have to look rich as a company you have to right. be rich as a right. company right so that's right. really important right i was trying to look rich that was one important lesson that i again learned from me uh, from happy miles right <clears throat> another thing uh, which i would uh, tell you or, or a lesson that i learned is you cannot be everywhere you cannot be everywhere um i was doing operations right. i was doing training i was training my trainers i was the one who was negotiating with the uh, management of institutions i was the one who's who was present everywhere right and mm. that is not going to work you putting right. your uh, time into building curriculums you putting your time in training the trainers you putting your time in you know negotiating and closing the deals no that cannot work that's going to wear you off right i was doing all sorts of things and that did, didn't really help my case right so that's something right. that i again learned right so i cannot be everywhere i should choose a particular right. thing and I stick i should stick to those things right otherwise it's like <clears throat> lighting the candle in both ends right might look bright right. but i'm going to go off very soon so these are some of the key takeaways frankly speaking from uh, uh, happy miles right so i was very conscious that i shouldn't repeat this ever in my life so key, key lessons that i learned i would i'm really happy that i was able to learn this in my 20s right Some people learn this in 30s and 40s when i when i yeah, listen yeah. to <laughs> listen to top people speaking 
I I am really yeah. glad right now that I at least uh, you know I had this privilege of learning all these things in um, in my uh, mid twenties. So still good, yeah. Right. Great. Uh, just just for a listener's sake, let me quickly summarize these three lessons I took away. Just please add if I missed out something. The first one is you know you said uh, I would rather take it like this. While you're building your core team, it's very important to uh, uh, have people who are already. Uh, thinking like the way you're thinking who already have a vision similar to yours that there's no point forcing them into your vision absolutely. at least in the start absolutely and then the second one was uh, don't spend the money on unnecessary things if you if the business can run without something it has, it to, has run. to run yeah. uh, that need not have to be an important thing to be invested in and uh, the third thing was uh, delegate is what i would mm. take it from you correct uh, you're asking you know you are you say that you've learned that things has to be delegated so that you know you are not burning out and you can still be there to sustain the business i'm sure uh, these are common mistakes people will do when they are over enthusiastic and they are overly passionate about mm. their business because it's their baby right yeah. i mean they want to make sure that uh, nobody else is messing it up and stuff like that but um, yeah got it in fact you know what i had a conversation with um, one of a uh, young entrepreneur you know who's about 27 28 uh, she's based out of indore now she's got her company in uh, gurgaon mm-hmm. her name is oshin and she runs a company called infispark uh, pretty much uh, into training mm-hmm. but then you know she takes programs from corporates to students um, like you know microsoft aws and then you know uh, she had an executive assistant mm-hmm. uh, to a ceo and then uh, none of the other founders that i talked to had something like that and then you know she explained how much time it saved for mm. her and um, how she doesn't have to look at the grunt work and you know it just frees up so much and then your efficiency as a ceo increases so much so that's what i was thinking of when you were talking about delegating and stuff great ajay Uh, so Ajay, um, moving on from Happy Miles, uh, Happy Miles ended in about 2015, 2016. You start Maple Assistance in 2018, and now talk about uh, the years between closing Happy Miles and starting Maple Assistance because I'm sure this is a very critical period. It's a it's a phase of transition. I'm sure you had a lot of thinking to do. Uh, I'm sure you know you had a lot of doubts because Happy Miles you didn't you would have been aware of not making repeating the mistakes that you might have repeated in Happy Miles. You would have thought a lot. So can you walk us through in as much detail as you can between Happy Miles and Maple Assistance? Uh, Happy Miles and Maple Assistance, you know, um, both are actually intertwined. It's interconnected. So okay. I'll I'll come to that. Mm-hmm. But talking about these two years 2015 and 2016 in fact very very mm-hmm. crucial years of my life personally um because uh, during my college i was uh, i was in relationship with a girl and this relationship went on for 7 uh, years and i had to break up at that point in time it was i had this uh, oh. ugly breakup happening at uh, 24 2014 2015 had this breakup okay. and that was when this happy miles was also you know taking this bad shape and stuff so 2015 mm. was a very very dark year for me it was very dark okay um and uh, frankly speaking my my team stood with me they know they know mm. and uh, mm. they stood with me and it was a very difficult year uh, at that point in time 
2015 but okay. by god's grace i was able to come out of that quickly and in fact my business mm-hmm. helped it so when you are an entrepreneur you don't get time to you know uh, think yeah. about all these heartbreaks and stuff because you have people who you have to pay right so you cannot take yeah. this. you yeah. you don't have this luxury you have no time to sit you and, don't you know, have that right so <laughs> i didn't really yeah. have the time so in fact it, it was a blessing frankly speaking it was a blessing in disguise right the situation right. was a blessing in disguise Uh, 2015 right. 2017 when i decided that i slowly started telling my team okay this is what i'm thinking uh, i may not be able to give my 100% and you know what's happening in my life and you know what's happening with uh, happy man I, i sat my team down there were few people you know four five people uh, who to whom i was personally responsible whom i felt that they were there with me uh, right from from the start so i i felt that i personally right. responsible to address these people so i called these guys up told them hey this is what i'm doing and then i told them that what they should do and what they can actually do and what all things that i can do from my end to help them settle down because they were getting a salary here and all of a sudden i cannot say that i'm going to fire you and you yeah. have to leave no that cannot work so i made a smooth transition to all these four five people uh, i got them jobs with uh, companies and uh, make sure that they were properly settled still in touch with those guys that's a beauty so uh, these people once this was done then i i started preparing for gmat 2015 2016 you know like what what goes through your mind 25 i was 26 at that point in time i guess 26 27 i guess uh, 25 26 yeah and uh, i started preparing for gmat and i always wanted to do you wanted to do an mba uh, i wanted to do an mba in the top 1% universities right uh, i was very Got specific it. with i had my list as well so i thought okay and i and my parents were really worried because they knew about my uh, relationship and this breakup and stuff so they wanted me to get married settle down because they were really nervous you know like they don't know what i'm going to do and obviously parents indian parents south yeah, indian yeah. typical south indian parents mentality and uh, i told them okay give me give me one year right so you, i've already this is a more like a rewind give me one more year so i'll try to figure this thing out right if not i'm going to i'm going to say yes to whatever you tell me right and i started preparing for gmat and uh, i was doing all my preparations i i, I think my gmat score was around 680 or something 6 out okay. of this 800 okay and uh, i had few institutions in my mind and i was no way close to those institutions those institutions are like right. they they um they required a lot of score like mine was not so close <laughs> you know i was okay. not okay in uh, studying with the second level third level institutions i was not okay with that if i have to do an mba i have to do with elite schools uh, right so that right. was there in my mind so uh, that didn't really work and then now my parents came they knew that you know this didn't really work 2016 mm. they they came out with uh, all the proposals and something and like 2016 i actually got married so okay 2016 my marriage happened that is when i had to rethink the whole Uh, stuff you know like what was happening in my life right so i had to rethink the whole right. thing because now it's a do- totally a different scenario getting married so right. it's a it's a completely different scenario so what am i going to do like what am i going to do with my life and i already had this idea so that business idea is not working uh, it was always a plan to start my uh, in-house training program so 2016 is right. when i decided okay so now since my gmat thing didn't work and uh, i said no to universities i i then decided okay once i get this 10 15 years of uh, experience then i'm going to do a direct executive mba in top institutions let mba not my cup of tea so i told this to myself then what happened okay. like i i started my i started happy miles itself the name remained okay. the same 
but the business model was totally different it was an in-house training program this time the beauty of this in-house training program was i was able to do it all by myself i didn't really require a team i was i was yeah. sitting there i had an office space a 1000 square feet a decent office space and i was sitting here and like uh, i was doing my marketing i know this marketing stuff the local marketing i was learning all those things i should say all this just dial guys and all this lead providers suleka guys you know talking about 2016 right. all these guys came in handy i was uh, i started getting leads the good thing is when a uh, when a person has a lead they come to the office space the conversion rate was really good because they were talking to me directly whenever a person mm. talks to me i see for me to sell something to a person because right. it's from my heart like when they see the passion they believe this guy who can add value and they sign up right right and then 2016 what really happened was i was not making the money that i used to make with happy miles initially mm. but mm. my bank account was making a lot of money so happy miles as an entity was making a lot of money but ajay as a person was not making that much money but when i was doing this on my own i understood i realized that okay oh my god like all this money is coming to me now so directly so, so Direct. finally finally ajay is making money right i was really surprised mm. and that is when i understood the power of you know uh working alone not just working alone mm. and and the amount of work that you do you know so you when when you're having a team naturally for some sort of reasons you do all these meetings and stuff and your time goes unproductive right but when you're alone right. you you tend to figure out all those things and you do a lot, you accomplish a lot of things and money starts flowing in i was really surprised at this right so when money started coming in i was really surprised right and we i was able to get a very good response from quamator from all of a sudden it became a quamator only company happy miles became a quamator mm. only company but i was able to receive very good reception from students as well as even people who are working uh, professionals they are all started coming in right so this right. is the time 2016 when i started my inos training program for the first time i introduced ielts uh, why i introduced ielts because while i was preparing for gmat i was doing GMAT. this gmat thing as well as ielts as an so i was very familiar with ielts and uh, i started i i included these programs as well and then people started coming in for ielts lot of people started coming in for ielts right then uh, i was doing this and i had i had one freelance trainer whom i actually know hmm. and he was taking care of the aptitude right so i used to pay him on an hourly basis so i used to get the money directly from the the client so it's like all of a sudden from completing the training program waiting for 6 months and getting the money now it changed to if you want to start the training you pay the money first and then let's let's do the training so the whole narrative also changed right and it was working out wonders for me 2016 2017 again that's that's when it slowly started take, taking off and this really what happened in this you know 2015 2016 years right this was a bridge great uh, you you uh, spoke about it in 10 minutes but i've got so many questions about <laughs> it let me start off with this question ajay just for the sake of you know um see uh, one of the important things uh, when you uh, start a company in your early 20s it also coincides it may may not but for some people it may not for some people it may coincide with their personal life as well just like you said you know you were in a relationship unfortunately you know you underwent a breakup and stuff could you please share i'm not saying that it's going to be the same for everybody but 
um, it's all, you know, learning at the end of the day, right? Uh, so uh, for people, for the young uh, uh, entrepreneurs who are in their early 20s, who are running a company, who are, have, you know, who are also in a relationship at the same time, what are the lessons? What is Not lessons, you know, what are the, some of the important things that you'd like to share from your experience? What went wrong for you? See, uh, frankly speaking, when you're in a relationship, right and when you are when you are a founder or when you are starting up a company when you are doing something on your own right when you are responsible for yourself right you have to the communication with your partner has to be absolutely clear right where is it going how do you see yourself and what if this happens and what if this doesn't happen this communication part is really important because otherwise you will get hurt you will and this hit is going to, you know, this is going to hurt you badly at some point in time, right? So when you're when, when you're getting into these things, and you know about yourself, right? You know that you're you're an entrepreneur. You know that this is this is how you cannot spend time for an entrepreneur. That again is going to be a serious problem. You you are you are hustling like twelve hours, like fourteen hours, right? You don't have time to sleep. You don't have time to send messages and bouquets and take her out for a, a dinner or something. That's not going to happen, right? And your right. the, your partner should also know this, right? And if they if they don't understand what you're doing, frankly speaking, this is not going to go long. Even if you get married, it's still going to end up in a maybe. I I don't want to say this, but it may not last forever, right? Because the life of an entrepreneur is completely different from a person who's working for a company. This is two totally different things, different worlds. right? So yeah. this this entrepreneur might be making less money than an employee, but still he has more work than an employee, right? So this right. is something that the partner should also understand, right? And right. you as you as an entrepreneur, it is your responsibility to explain all these things and to put all these things in place, right? And at the same time, one more learning is that when you are an entrepreneur, when you when you have an idea, when you when you're working on an idea, when you're working uh, for a company, when it is it is growing. It is, it is by nature, you spend a lot of time, thought and effort into this thing. You may tend to forget that you are in relationship and you may even tend to, you know, do the regular stuff, right? But it's really important if you are, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're an young entrepreneur listening, I would say, yes, your, your business is important. At the same time, your relationship is equally important, right? So it's equally important because it can make or break your business. Trust me. Right. Mm. So uh, I recently came up, uh, uh, I was reading a blog and this was, this was this guy, I, I forgot his name. Uh, he was interviewing, uh, he was, he was in touch with seven or 17. I, I don't remember the number, 17 billionaires or seven billionaires. He was asking for mm. one thing, right? Mm. Uh, w- what is the best advice that you could literally like not the same words, but all these seven people. 17 people, all the billionaires, they, they gave this thing, good wife, good life, right? So this right. plays a part. So you might be having a successful business. You might be having great, but if your girlfriend is angry at you for some reason, you're, you're not really mm-hmm. successful, my dear friend. So make sure that you're properly communicating stuff and also make sure that you're spending time, healthy time on your relationships as well. It, doesn't really apply to your girlfriends alone. It also applies to your family. It also applies right. to your friends. Uh, being an entrepreneur, I'm pretty sure you have lost friends. I have lost friends because I don't hang out with them. So like uh, we, we lose people. These are also lessons I say like, you know, 
communication is the key right if you are able to communicate right bit, when you are an entrepreneur you expect other people to understand you but they may not right other people may not understand you right so it is your responsibility to communicate that with people so that the boundaries are properly set expectations are very clear and and you try your level best to meet that right so this is ultimately the key is what i actually believe got it ajay so uh, you know for founders who are in their early 20s and who are also in a relationship uh, things you know one thing that ajay uh, has said is you know communication is key Uh, do not assume that they will understand that you are an entrepreneur because you are the entrepreneur they are not an entrepreneur so they may not know exactly what is going on with your life so i think crystal clear communication is what uh, is important uh, not necessarily to sustain it or not but when that happens you get a clear outcome you know that probably what uh, so ajay can i say this can i please correct me if i'm wrong what took you 7 years Uh, to you know kind of come to a conclusion uh, in terms of the relationship with better communication would you have got the conclusion good or bad much earlier you could you have saved time can we look at it like that is it the right absolutely yes see uh, in my case the breakup was not because i was into business it was not fully because of this it was for uh, family reasons we were from different religion and all the other things right so this was mm-hmm. one of the i mean it was the most important factor wherein the other things also played a role but mm. i really like the way you have you know phrased your question the answer is actually yes if at all we okay. had sat down and you know mm. we have uh, we knew this but we didn't really mm. want to address it that's a problem mm. you know we knew yeah. this this was coming we knew for some right. reason that this is not going to work out but in spite of that we really wanted to give mm. this try it push it push it to an extent and then after seven long years when you break this thing up right it's it it uh, hurts you badly right but if at all like yeah. i that's the reason why i really loved your question if at all we had sat down maybe in the first yeah. year or even even in the second year sat down let let's see like okay let's see like where it's going and what's going to happen right. if you have had a open right. conversation and if we were willing right. to accept the reality right. both of us would have saved uh, a lot of time energy and the heartbreaks you know said ourselves from heartbreak Heart yeah so yeah. this is ultimately really important not just in terms of business communication is the most key aspect when it comes to any relationship and for your life right so and you should you should not be afraid you should not be afraid to have these sort of critical crucial communications yes sometimes it's going to hurt you sometimes but that's that's the reality we have to face it to go through the process right instead of the process and the thing coming and hitting you if you are able to understand it and if you are able to part ways it's going to save a lot of your time that's got part. it ajay thank you thank you for clarifying that and taking that question little i think it's a sensitive thing and thank you for really addressing that because uh, so uh, communication is not just a thing uh, earlier communication don't postpone your Correct. communication you know do the communication as soon as possible it can save a lot of time and heartaches as well got it ajay so ajay you said you know uh, you were of course when you said that you know uh, happy miles you were not kind of winding up you were kind of winding up the business model you were uh, changing the business model you were making it more of a classroom training than you know you going to the client's place and training and then you said that it showed a lot of difference and um, you also got married in the year 2016 
um and during this time you were giving it a shot uh, you know you were giving uh, foreign mba a shot you did your gmat scores went up to the mark you were clear about not getting into uh, institutions apart from the ones that you shortlisted i think that's uh, in the i i i think there's a lesson there as well a quick uh, you know in and out of this topic if at all it add value to somebody uh, you're trying to say that you know mba if not done from the right college is not going to be you didn't value it that much personally you wanted an mba from a certain college and not just an mba from any that's college. absolutely right that's absolutely right so uh, when i completed my engineering when i when i uh, told about my business plan to my parents the first thing they asked me if you are really keen into business why not you do an mba right so they really wanted they asked me this question why not an mba so if you're really that keen sorry uh, sorry uh, sorry to cut you short because you are you are you know talking about something that i also wanted to address you know probably this is a question for that uh, i was wondering you know five years of business and then you suddenly decide to do an mba what was the thought, uh, you know thought process behind that if i can also add this um, mba was always always there in back of my mind but i okay. didn't want to do an mba for the sake of doing an mba right mm. so because see i was an engineer and i was i was training all these mba grads right so mm. when i was 22 23 i was doing sessions for 26 27 year old uh, mba grads and decent b schools i would not call them elite but definitely decent b schools and i was not happy right. with with the way things are here right so i wanted to do an mba from an institutions where you like guess this is an mba it should be like that you know where you really learn stuff it's not about right. the degree uh, at behind your name no I, not for that i really wanted to do right. an mba where i explore things where i my ideas evolve where i'm able to uh, connect with like minded people and that's the sort of mba that i wanted to do and here right. in india it's like you have to go to this elite uh, iims and this thing and that thing the problem is the road to get into the iims is the cat so they don't value right. your experience they don't value the person you are the personality it's all about the cat right. 99.9 percentile then yes you are in otherwise you are not right yes mm. there is an interview and stuff but still uh, but where and when you when you take uh, mbas uh, outside india right mm. so they they look at what you have done in what's your experience right the average class right. age is like 30 years old 30 31 that is when they do the mbas right and people come from different backgrounds marine people come in right, right? scientists come in researchers come in and and engineers come in right so so founders come in it's a mixed crowd right so that's the kind of classroom i wanted to be in so that's why i had Got the it. list of institutions that okay the networking that you could probably make yes 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 those. obviously and it's not just about the networking it's about the learning part when when you're filled right. i really want to be the dumbest person right uh, in the mm. room uh because that that happened in cit that happened in my uh, engineering college i was the dumb person in the engineering college and i was able to learn a lot of stuff right so right. i felt that i should i should not when i was when the learning was coming to me from one end only then i can give it to other people on the other end right so since i am into this field right so i really wanted to be in such an environment which is challenging which really wanted to push me off my limits and i wanted right. this diverse crowd the the connections the networking and stuff so i wanted to be here i, I didn't want just another right. mba so that's where all this thing came up mba was always uh, on my mind back of my mind but i really didn't know where to start 
how to start how to close it but 2015 this break actually gave me the chance opportunity to give this a shot so i just made use of this opportunity because uh, happy miles i was trying to wind this thing off and uh, uh, personally also i was not in a proper shape so i thought i'll put all the energy here uh, and 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 that helped me give this a shot give mb a shot got yeah. it and you said you know you got married in 2016 and uh, you started this uh, classroom training uh, before your marriage or after your marriage um it was um, just few months before my marriage so my marriage itself uh, that's another story you know uh, if you have the time then yeah no no i have a lot of questions why because see um see i mean uh, major you know majorly right uh, most of them um in our culture our society marriage uh while a man is getting married he needs to be employed he needs to have uh the capacity to provide to the family right the reason i'm talking about it is you are winding up happy miles in 2015 you are probably not employed at that point in time but you're talking about you getting married uh how did you position yourself Uh, as a failed entrepreneur and you were probably not employed is it because uh, your family was well to do and that was not a concern that's where i was trying to you know come in ajay family was always a support family was definitely an excellent business card for me because my the profiles of my both my mom and dad was really good uh, mm. they had uh, really good connections and you know all those things were definitely there right Hmm. this again is something that i've always thought of but the thing is uh, when i say that i winded off maple uh, sorry happy miles it was not literally literally the thing hmm. didn't go off i told you that there were few loyal clients right yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. for them i was still catering even this point in time hmm. i was still catering and this was going okay. undercurrent it was happening this this uh, yeah. this happy miles thing was happening undercurrent and uh, 2016 see what really happened was when see uh, i asked for one year my parents gave me that one year i couldn't accomplish what i wanted to so my mba thing didn't really work out so obviously i have promised them that okay if this time it is not working out i'm going to say yes to whatever you're telling and my parents wanted me to get married i was really not in that great uh, mood or in shape to get married at that point in time but uh, i told myself i sat down that's that's the beauty of entrepreneurs you know uh, when you when you hit the rock bottom you talk to yourself right so i i sat down and i was telling myself right so i didn't do anything wrong in this relationship and uh, right maybe i'm going to live for another um 50 years maybe 75 80 years then i still have a lot of time i cannot be mourning uh, on on this thing i cannot keep crying over this thing for a very long time yeah. right and for me i was very particular right for me change has to be quick if you allow me to meddle in this thing for some time then i'm going to sink into this thing and i'll be totally sold out to that uh, uh, idea of feeling lost and stuff so i i always keep myself engaged i always keep people around myself and i'm not in the best and best of my moods right so right. that's when i said okay i told okay maybe anyways marriage is going to be inevitable right so if i'm mm-hmm. able to get in a get a company early right i'm i'm fine with that and the profile that i had at that point in time was still happy miles i was still showing right. this okay as my profile happy miles was my profile okay. i was making some money if not great money but i was still making some money 
which acted okayish to the thing right and uh, what happened on the flip side was you know um my wife my wife she liked me and uh, during the proposal and other things i was very open i told her hey like see this is me and this is my 7 year old relationship this is what i am doing this is the money that i make i don't have tons and tons on the bank account and i was very clear because this time i i knew the power of communication so i cannot right. mess it up right so you spoke about right. lessons learned right yeah. so i i started implementing yeah. Yeah. my lessons so yeah. i i sat her down i told her like this is what it is and i really don't mm-hmm. mind you telling a no to the proposal totally mm-hmm. not a problem because it was completely an arranged uh, thing mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. i really don't mind if you if you want to give it a no absolutely cool with it absolutely okay with it and uh, i'm i'm fine with this thing so i just told her absolutely open and i communicated the same to her dad as well as to her uh, brother right i hmm. told them like what is what and how 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 things are right and uh, the only person who was not okay with this thing was my mother mother in law she wanted her daughter to get married to a person who is in a you know the secured job who, who goes safety first 9 yeah. to 5 and stuff right so gets a pension whatever and i mean no harm i have a sister so i know i totally understand their feelings now she was not okay with it so that didn't really take off uh, the first time we met this proposal came that didn't really take off after okay. few months what had actually happened was like uh this this girl was part of my church i i go to the same church where she goes like we both are part of the same church and okay. i used to see her so every time i see her i used to say hi obviously you cannot act okay. awkward and weird right so like oh so even before you met this girl for this uh, arrangement you knew her no 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 after this oh, arrangement no. after this arrangement okay, this didn't take it. off Oh okay fine this okay, didn't really sorry. take off for the next 6 8 months nothing really happened didn't really take off hmm. but hmm. she used to come to the same church now i know this person because i already spoken to her right so i used to see her right, right, right. used to wave uh, hands and you know uh, we literally have had a word but but in the 6 8 months you didn't see anybody else you that was going on that search was oh, that okay. hunt was going on going that on. i didn't see anyone in person person but my got parents got were searching left right and center and for me uh, in a way it was actually i was i was actually enjoying because i was not in, i was not 100% ready for it and all and uh, right, being right, a right. business guy nobody gives you a, a girl right so right. Uh, every time they go, go pitch in my profile obviously for this reason some way or the other it may not work out right so right. they were really stressed and all these things it was all going on right and right. Uh, what really happened was uh, it's an interesting story uh, frankly speaking so this girl so she liked me the way the approach and stuff so she liked me and uh, parents also liked me i really liked the girls and i was very open like i really liked the i had i knew nothing about her but i liked her but nothing really took off so this was the 6 8 months break right for right. some reason this thing again came up this the same proposal okay. which this boomerang and it again came up this time it was even more a serious talk you know like this thing happened and uh, uh, serious talk then we started talking to each other between we started talking each other and i asked her like uh, uh, it didn't really work out between us what was the reason may i know the reason why you said a no you guys told a no totally cool with it but what's the reason right. i just want to understand so that next time when i go approach a girl or when my parents are finding 
i can present myself better so it's just a casual talk you know and she's told like no 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 we all liked your profile my mom was not so convinced and the, oh okay then i i totally got the point right right then what really happened was they wanted to reconsider it so the family wanted to reconsider it because there was a lot of common points between me their our family and her family there were few common people so who kept on telling that hey this guy is really good and you know the family is really good and stuff and then they wanted to reconsider it and then we again sat down as a family so this happened my marriage thing was a was a uh, it, it's a it's a story for itself frankly speaking so one fine evening both the family meet uh, we catch up for a, nice. for dinner we discuss this thing both the family likes each other the next weekend so they uh, the people from my wife's uh, family side they came visiting my uh, place and a uh, couple of days later we went to her place we we did all this rituals whatever stuff and then three, uh, two days from there we got engaged so it was all like in eight days the whole stuff happened from okay. nothing no idea to getting engaged it, okay. it happened in in eight days right and okay. marriage was fixed i think uh, okay when did i get married it's yeah april 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 uh, 25th uh, i got married and uh, this person i should definitely mention it here this person is a real source of inspiration like she yeah. understood me so that's something that not a lot of people would do and not a lot of people would accept right. she understood right. me she understood the reality she stood by my side right. uh you rightly pointed out when i got married actual tag if you have to give me was a failed entrepreneur that's the tag that you right. uh, would anyone would give me or i myself would give give me right failed entrepreneur she was right. brave enough to accept this particular fact she believed right. in me that i would definitely come up right so with all these right. things you know the moment she started believing in me then i got back my you know this 2011 20 uh, vibes you know this 2011 2010 vibes right so that energy that energy started coming in then i thought stuff. okay let's yeah. let me start this right so let's let's do this again if i can build mm-hmm. something up from the scratch back then then i'm even more mature right now and i can do this so that's that when right. i started working on this and th- that's how happy miles again got continued the renowned training right. program and all got continued right and there were got times it. when we were financially really uh, down and stuff but uh, right. she was she was making up for that she was working she she is still working okay. um okay. Uh, she she uh, make uh, made up she, she ensured that the basics are met so that i don't have this uh, headache of burden of what to do if this this money doesn't come this time right so 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 that she's a very great uh, source of support to me till date right and right. Uh, frankly speaking i wouldn't have reached this level if not for her right that that kind of push right. and that motivation you need you need someone to believe in you and you you right. de- really don't know what kind of high that gives you and that can push you to miles right so this this right. really happened and yeah 2016 happy miles in house started and started making some uh, money as well quality good uh, money as well yeah great great ajay i think uh, you uh, said a while back about good wife good life i think uh, so far it's been the case mm. for you um, congratulations Thank you. and uh, i hope you know 
uh, that's the way it's going to be uh, throughout your life. And uh, my best wishes for that. Um, now, uh, coming back to your classroom training, uh, while the Happy Miles was still continuing, you had a freelancer doing your aptitude portions of it. And then, you know, you spoke about IELTS coming in. Probably that's the starting point of Maple Assistance. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So could you, you know, uh, walk us through that? How did IELTS start off? Was it because, you know, you said that you had exposure with IELTS because of your GMAT uh, journey. And uh, did you see a market or did somebody coming in for inquiry uh, ask for IELTS training? How did that all happen? Uh, there was a market for IELTS, for sure. There was a market for IELTS okay. because uh, during my preparation, I wanted to inquire about this IELTS because I had no idea about IELTS. So I, yeah. I felt that, you know, personally, I should sign up uh, with a company who can professionally teach this because I didn't really want to screw my um, MBA thing. Right. So but the right. moment I started doing my research about IELTS, it was all about English. Right. It was about English. And if you have if you know the strategies, if you can. Uh, understand how it actually works then you can actually nail it right so initially when i gave all these institutes a call it was very expensive and they charged a good amount uh, and that is when i understood okay ielts has a market right and they keep you on waiting list as well they tell you that this batch is full so if at all you are really interested you have to come for the next batch that starts in another month or so so then i understood okay so many people right okay a lot of people are trying this thing and IELTS has these two things, you know, one is the academic and the other one is general. So academic is for people who go uh, to other countries for their study purpose. General study is for purpose. any other purpose, immigration purpose or work right. or the other things, right? So again, you, you are, your audience level is again growing wide. You are catering to students as well as professionals, right? Wider audience right. range, right? So IELTS was always there. And uh, when I started this communication skills and, uh, you know, aptitude and other things, I just wanted to give this a try just to diversify to have more things on the bucket like i i added ielts as well on the name board okay right. so we had ielts training also also done right and um on this just dial on the suleka we mentioned ielts what happened was i started getting a lot of inquiry for ielts i was i personally was surprised with this thing so at right. during that particular point in time I knew a lot about academic IELTS than the general IELTS, right? But st people right. started coming in for general IELTS, academic IELTS. It was a combination. Student, students started coming in. So one student, I mean, that's the beauty of this in-house training. Na? So you do a good job with the student. He always has this five friends. So five friends start right. coming in, right? So they bring in their friends and people started walking in, right? So right. at a point in time, I had to shut down all the other courses. I was doing business English. I was doing communicative English and uh, I, I was doing personality. I had to hmm. stop all the other things. I had to cater only to IELTS. I this this literally became an IELTS Institute at, at one point in time, uh, 2016, 2017. This became an IELTS Institute. Lot of people, uh, students were there. Equally, I was seeing working professionals walking into office and asking, uh, please help me get a good band score. In IELTS. And I was wondering why these people all, all well settled, you know, like good positions, all these guys, why, why, they, why do they want to come to a classroom? They used to come, complete their work 6.30, 7 in the evening, 7 o'clock, they used to come in, sit with me till 9, 10. 
they used to learn i was wondering why these guys are spending a lot of time energy and effort then i started asking them like what's the reason why do you want to do this thing so then they they start talking about something called as pr permanent residency visas mm. right and mm. this is my first introduction to permanent residency visas so and they told me that australia is giving permanent residency visas canada is giving permanent residency visas even you can settle down in uk and for all these things mm. you need this exam called as ielts okay and then i understood okay this is why you are into ielts i was teaching them i was teaching them and my people were also getting pretty decent scores and all was getting good results what really happened was 2017 uh, i had couple of clients you know they were also into this general ielts thing and uh, I, they they did their training here with uh, happy miles at that point in time it was still called happy miles they got their uh, thing done with happy miles and that's it uh, my my thing was done they left few days back they again came back uh, and they told hey this is the score that we got thank you so much and all then they asked me this question ajay can you please uh, refer a good consultant who can do this canadian pr visa thing right mm. uh, please refer a good consultancy in in our place right so for this canadian pr visa thing ego or something that didn't allow me to say boss sorry i don't know right so your ego doesn't allow you to say that right because they think that you are you are a no tall kind of a thing i didn't want to break that reputation so i told just give me right. two days time i will tell you the correct consultancy then in this two days what i did i went to google just like what every other person would do i went to google did all the research just an online search maybe i would have spent like what maximum 15 to 20 minutes looking at all the websites F- found out the one which was very professional having pan india offices and stuff obviously when you see this this uh, consultancy is having offices in like 12 cities this should be the best right and they are doing it not only for canada they are doing it for 12 other countries so okay then they are the best in the market so i thought this to myself called my clients and i told them hey hands down best consultancy in nar place go that's it right and uh, what happened these people they had a very good relationship because you know any training program would go between 1 to 2 to 1 and a half months right so when 2 and a half months when and it's 1 to 1 it's personal not a classroom right. kind of training i used to do it 1 to 1 i sit with clients and i do it so the relationship would always be there uh with with all my clients right so i had very good client relationship with these guys so they blindly without even a second thought without even uh going through the reviews or something they they went to this institute uh, consultancy they signed up with the consultancy 3 right. months 4 months i never heard anything from them no clue what they were doing and stuff nothing what really happened was you know one fine day one fine day they they were at my office and i was really surprised to see them uh, at my office space and they sat down with me and they told me about their bad experience with that particular consultancy so what really happened was like these guys have paid a huge sum as a first installment was mm. not even the full thing the first installment itself was a huge sum they paid around 70 75 80000 bucks with this consultancy and uh, what happened was the consultancy had taken the money and they were trying to serve him but nothing really was good and uh, the consultancy the person the point of contact kept on changing and the other person was asking for more money they were asking then they were showing them this you already signed you cannot so they literally these two guys literally lost their money so they came to uh, came back to my office and they told me ajay see this is what happened so make sure from the next time onwards i i know for a fact that there are a lot of people who are doing general ielts for this pr thing 
they might also ask the same question like what we asked but make sure next time don't refer them not to refer. this consultancy and also you make sure that they are really good so they didn't complain to me they didn't blame me but i felt yeah that's a feedback but i that really made me feel really guilty because like 1.5 lakhs was at stake and uh, i felt responsible i was the one who told them like you should go go stick with them right so i really felt responsible and then i took it uh, personal i took it more serious and in fact there were a lot of people who are doing this general ielts with me for this canadian and australian pr and they used to ask me ajay do you know some consultancy and they used to talk about some consultancy and stuff and uh, that is when i told myself okay if i am in this business of helping people with ielts obviously people are going to come and ask me this question so before they come and ask me let me go and find out who is the best in the market so then what i did i started stepping into all these consultancies office all the canadian pr visa consultancy office i started stepping in i started you know uh, i asked them the first company the consultancy i went i told them i i want to get a canadian pr thing so i want to understand who is the best so these guys asked me to pay an upfront cost of like initial like 2 3000 rupees the moment you step in just for the evaluation report so the way they presented to you you will think that okay you have to pay it otherwise you cannot get it later i understood you don't even have to pay that money but that's a, that's a different story but this is the this is the process that they follow initial 2000 3000 bucks they ask you then they will ask you to wait they will tell you the report will get generated maybe in in a day or two then you have to wait anxiously for the report and then the report comes and it says yes you are eligible right and then they tell you this thing the next response would be congratulations you are eligible you this is the payment so 1.5 lakhs 2 lakhs this is how we charge you can pay it in two installments upfront cost of 70000 80000 bucks then once you get this thing you pay another 80000 bucks and the last 40000 maybe later like why they they split it across plus gst right and i was like wait this is all going too fast for me you told me that i am eligible i understand what's the process how does it all work right and for this they didn't have an answer they told me don't worry about that we will take care just pay the money we can start you will get the pr lot of things were missing in between right and i was trying to figure out i mean i am an entrepreneur i i know things i i i have to ask this question maybe another person may not ask the question but i should definitely ask the question what is the process by the way how do you say that i'll get the pr how long is it going to take and how how much is going does it going to cost me for the whole process and will i be able to get a job i had hell a lot of questions in my head when when it comes yeah. to this canadian pr thing right so right. consultancy one never answered me then mm. i jumped to consultancy two mm. i understand it is the same process i told them i already have the report the report is common it's from canada right the report cannot change i cannot get a 68 points here and i cannot get a 65 points there it has to be the same but this consultancy said no 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 it is done from that consultancy you have to again repay us the money so pay them again same process right ask them this question no answer no proper explanation mm. then it got fishy okay then i what i did i went into nearly almost all the decent level consultancies here in coimbatore then i start right. calling con- consultancies in bangalore chennai cochin i even walked to few of these consultancies in chennai and uh, bangalore right then it was after doing a research of like with top 20 25 consultancies they follow the same pattern in fact the pitch is also the same 
right right and i was like wondering how can you guys do this when you're it's a high ticket thing right two lakhs yes, yes. So it's a lot of money yeah. it's a high ticket thing how can you get this money when you when you i'm i really doubt whether you know the process or not maybe that's the reason why you're withholding this thing from me so you get all these doubts in your head right and i was wondering what these consultancies are doing or i was convincing myself maybe this is how it actually works right so maybe there is no other option this is how it actually works and this is the amount you'll have to pay them right uh, this this was this was going on this was going on in one one part of it this was one happening happening here in this this aspect of my life on the right. other hand what happened was i was continuing with my business uh, happy miles was going this training was going on i when i started doing this research about canada you start falling in love with the country you know you start looking at videos how beautiful the country is how people are and you know this fascination again started coming in you remember this 2015 thing gmat going abroad yeah 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 this yeah. fascination again started creeping in okay so i thought canada this time you don't even have to go study there it's directly going and enjoying <laughs> you work over there so should i try it should i try it this kind of a thing started coming in right 2016 okay. 2017 this was also there in my mind 2017 incidentally what happened was my wife's uh, cousin brother uh, wife's uh, father's brother's son so we okay. call it periyappa's son yeah yeah, right? yeah yeah so you get it so um, he was he was a canadian pr holder he couldn't come for our marriage so he was not there okay. uh, there for our marriage right so okay. she was I, i have never seen this guy before i, I never saw this guy right. before so she was on call whatsapp call video call one day and she introduced me uh, during the call she introduced me hey this is ajay and, and he was like hey ajay this is me prabhu and like this is what we do how are you and stuff general conversation you know nothing big but i was very curious you know he was there in canada so i was very curious so i asked him uh, brother like can you please tell me how did you get your pr visa because i am also into this ielts space when i told him that i was into ielts space he got interested really okay cool like i scored 6.5 in ielts i really uh, it was really hard for me to put in and he was telling his back stories and we were connecting really well you know and i asked him like hey how did you get your uh, canadian pr thing because there are a lot of clients who are trying to find out a good consultancy but we couldn't find and i mentioned the name of the consultancy and uh, where my uh, client got you know crude yeah. so i told him then he told me that's the same consultancy that screwed me as well right so okay. like he had paid like one 1.5 lakhs but end of the day it was his friend who was already there in canada who helped him in the complete process and who mm. helped he has been to canada so literally this Got money it. was gone down the gone down the drain right so Got then it. he told me okay don't worry i have uh, his contact i have my friend you can refer my name he'll talk to you he's also from tamil nadu so you will have that connect so i'll connect uh, you with this guy so you have a word with him so then what happens i connect with his friend who's who's already there in canada right from 2012 2013 onwards i guess so he has a very good uh, experience about all these things so then when i start talking to him he was the one who gave me the complete picture and how these consultancies make a business out of this thing right so mm. he gave me the picture he told me hey ajay this is not rocket science right so they 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 don't tell you because they don't want you to know that's the reason why right. these consultancies they don't tell you right because if you right. know the process then you are not going to be with them right that's the reason right. why they don't tell you and see let me tell you and he started sending me all the links he started sharing pdfs 
related to all these things and he told me ajay you go read it for yourself you will be able to do it man it's pretty simple so you start you just read all these things then what i do with his materials i started doing my research i got interested by now i was sold out to the idea that okay canada we should also go i was really sold out okay, uh, okay. on this particular idea then i uh, i wanted to test this whether it's really working or not i wanted to test this so obviously the rat testing rat here was me myself i wanted to test it with right. myself right at the same time what happened one of my very close friend his sister was there in canada so he thought like he should also apply very close friend you know like we are like mama macha kind of thing right i told him right. hey i am doing this process for myself he was about to pay money to consultancy i told him wait don't pay any money you don't even have to pay me as well i will do it mm-hmm. anyways i am doing it for me i will do it for you as well Got right it. so let's let's do Got this it. and and obviously he's a very close friend he cannot say no right so he said right. okay let's let's do this uh, one advantage that he had was he had a sister there in canada so that gave him additional points so he i thought i'll be the first to get the invitation and other things but he got his invitation his file got processed first right okay so now it was not my profile i was testing it was my friend's profile i was like a bit nervous now because I, nothing should go wrong because it is my friend and it will right. be a very sad uh, story if it doesn't really go well right but i was really confident i did a lot of research i spent in a lot of hours time learning this even to the minute details i i learned it and then i started doing this thing and what happened was he got his pr so uh, invitation is sent uh that's the first step correct the, so what happens is let's say 1000 people apply out of okay. that 50 people 100 people 200 people get picked and they receive an invitation only those people will be able to so, proceed so, with the so that is when uh, people start going to consultancies after the no 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 for the start of the process they go to the consultancy oh but then uh, it, it's not sure they're going to get picked from the lot right no, it's no, a lucky no. See, draw what, sort of what thing. really happens here with canadian pr visa is that so basically um there will be a pool of people so basically you okay. need to do some formalities to become eligible to apply so what you do the first that is what is uh, ielts also yes part. ielts is also a part so ielts is a basic eligibility uh, requirement a criteria if you want to apply for a canadian okay. pr visa thing so you okay. need to take up ielts right so once you complete that you will have to f- fill an application right so once okay. you fill an application what happens you get a points you get points based on what the details your age your education your, your work experience your canadian affinity adaptability all these things based on different different factors there are some points to it okay and you will get a point against your name for example my point was 471 all right and uh, that was my score at that point in time right likewise each person with a different score will be there and what happens is every 15 days once government of canada used to conduct a draw Right? right and they will set a cutoff score every 15 days 15 once. days once on a wednesday they they conduct a draw and they will set a cutoff score so basically okay. this cutoff score is like anyone who's having a score greater than the cutoff score for example they let's say they set a cutoff score of 470 now my okay. score is 471 anyone who's above 471 will get picked and they will receive an invitation Oh, anyone and everyone above 470 score. Right, they will get an invitation. But the thing is that the way they set the score is, they'll be able to issue only three thousand invitations or four thousand invitations per draw. Ah, uh, there will be three to four lakh people 
there can be Got lakhs it. and lakhs of people together but out of that only 3000 or 4000 people will get picked in a particular draw but uh, all these 4000 people if they do the process well it is again depends on your out. score right now it all depends on your score okay. so without the score it's not possible for you to get it so you need to have that score in order to uh, get it right so the cutoff score may not come down drastically if there are a lot of people with a 470 score why should it come to 469 because there are so many people in 470s right so they are already meeting their target no, no, no. yeah that is fine but i am i am saying whoever has met a score of 470 or whatever the cutoff score is if uh, there is no more uh, chance after that if you do the process well you're getting your correct product. no there is a chance of you getting rejected even after your invitation if you are doing your documentation wrong Ah, that is okay. another process so once you get your invitation then comes the real process that is documentation so documentation okay. is the most tricky part because every document has to be to the point otherwise they don't even ask you for anything like they will directly reject you simply reject you right got so it. you have to be got really clear with your documentation part so got it when he, your friend gets an invitation he gets an invitation all of a sudden i didn't get an invitation he gets an invitation and now the documentation has to be done i really wanted right. to test the documentation on myself first before i start this to my friend right. but right. i had to do this for my friend now i cannot right. tell him like i'm nervous then he's going to right. hit me left right center right so <laughs> um then what really happened was i never showed that i was nervous but hmm. i did the process like we we started this thing and the complete documentation was done i proofread it like again multiple times i even shared it with few of my contacts through my you know my wife's cousin i i cross checked all right. those things everything was okay i was confident okay. and then we went ahead and we submitted it 2018 he received his pr that wow. was a game changing moment right so when he received the pr literally i told myself i have saved 2 lakh rupees for my friend that was the that was right. something that i had oh my god i am able to save 2 lakh rupees for my friend right so that was a great feeling right now right. my thing got even more confident like my my i knew that whatever i am doing i am on the right track the way i am right. researching it's all working because i already tested it it is working with one person right, right. then what i did 2017 fag and 2018 when he got his pr april i think he got his uh, no few months back 2018 2017 end he got his pr uh, okay. he landed in 2018 though uh 2018 what i did was i opened uh, this thing canadian pr visa services only for my ielts clients right so oh, i didn't do yeah. any special marketing i already had people coming in uh, for ielts training right. to those people i told them hey you are here for ielts training obviously next once this is this is done you are obviously going to sign up with a consultancy for this thing this is what i am doing if you are interested i can continue the services i can help you with your pr process as well so Got literally it. i spent 0 rupees on marketing because these are already my clients yeah, yeah. people who believed in me they signed up with me for this again right. the whole thing right so then one two people started signing up and what happened was um 2017 end uh, another client of mine she signed up she cleared her hrls we did the process and she got her pr again second person okay. got the pr okay and now i was like super confident 
now i know okay this is something that's actually working because the more you do the more experience that you get the more understand you get right so then right. i thought told myself okay if this is the thing let me do this so that is when maple assistance came so mm. happy miles was only into ielts so i didn't want happy miles i didn't want the name so happy miles was out maple assistance so it was related to canada so canada assistance that's how maple assistance maple assistance came into picture and now i had time only to help people on ielts and the canadian pr thing right so what i did i started uh, doing uh, seminars in cities like chennai cochin uh, bangalore my place hyderabad we used to uh, i used to get a space uh, we used to book halls we used to conduct uh, um, this awareness digital marketing stuff about the thing and people used to sign up and they right. they came and came in good numbers they they participated in the sessions i explained them the process i explained them what consultancies do i explained them what i do maple assistance uh, right. do right and the, by this time i had a proper narrative i had a proper idea what maple assistance is into i had a strong usp as well everything was all set and i started pitching this to people and people who resonated with the idea people who are uh, able to feel the vibe they started signing up with maple assistance so then right 2018 it started taking off maple assistance started Got taking it. off and i started getting a lot of uh, clients in terms of uh, canadian pr visa Got it. Great. This is this was a very uh, in depth narration of you know how Maple Assistance came about, and it's pretty fascinating. You know, you just uh, you didn't even know about there was a point when you didn't even know that there is a general uh, PR, and you know people go for uh, immigration, mm. and then you get interested in the whole Canada thing, and I I think you got your PR. Yeah. Uh, 2017 okay, i started your... 2017 i started so the problem was uh, i didn't have the points the cutoff score was around 440s and mine was around 430s so that right. 8 points was always lagging so in order to match that 8 points i had to do another degree uh namesake degree okay. at least to increase the points so i did another degree for one year i did a pg okay. diploma in business administration for one year and by this time what happened was like covid came 2019 i got my degree i had to do a assessment for that degree that was 2019 end 2020 when i applied uh, when i reentered the pool the express entry pool that is when covid came right again right. the draws didn't happen and right. uh, all these things fluctuated and um, they used they used to connect draws every 15 days once and the problem right. is with canada the moment you turn 30 you start losing 5 points for your age you know every year every year it? yeah so november okay. 1st was actually my is actually my birthday and uh, i didn't receive an invitation yet it was already october i was really nervous really anxious like because november 1st comes you lose 5 points then the chances of you getting an invitation is going to go further down right and one draw before my birthday this invitation came up it was like it was scripted looked really scripted you know but it was <laughs> god was uh, you know writing a beautiful script i believe so one one uh, draw the, the last draw before my birthday i received an invitation now when i look back at uh, time if it was not for that particular draw even 2023 i would not have received my invitation because the score has never came down to that level so right. that happened 2020 i received an invitation during the covid i received the invitation then i completed my documentation and all 
and uh, again my whole file was put on hold because of the second wave of covid that happened 2021 18 right. months no news at all literally i forgot that i have applied for canadian pr it was like that you didn't really know and it was a very testing time you know you don't know what to do uh, you don't know whether to expand here in india buy a house or you, i was i was 31 32 you were in a state of flux yeah, yeah so not sure where to invest and what to do with life and stuff uh totally confused i was in a black hole for like good 18 months and then finally last year july i received a stamping on my passport and got mm-hmm. it and i have booked my flight so next next month uh, i'm actually leaving march 24th is my flight <laughs> so great. yeah great we will we will definitely talk about there are a lot of other things that i have in my mind that i want to like question you sure, on sure. you know the whole stuff but you know coming back to maple assistance um so so far how many people have got pr uh, under you we, like how many people have you helped get pr we have uh, there are six people in canada who have got their pr okay. visas through maple assistance so six might okay. not sound like a big number but in this industry this niche that's a number frankly speaking for itself because yeah i think considering the covid break yeah, correct. So that, you that, yourself didn't get that two, anything two years yeah. is washed out completely washed so out, 2018 yeah. i started so literally i had 2018 to 2019 that's one year 2019 to 2020 maybe that's another maybe you can give it another 6 8 months and from there yeah. two years was washed out and now another year so it should be approx 3 years this is a very good number and another client has got his invitation we have completed the documentation so he will be following me to canada um, probably by august or september there is another person who has again done the documentation there are two people who have completed the documentation and waiting for the stamping so Uh, this number will increase to 8 or 9 by end of this year so which according to me is a very good number because it's right. not and it's only going to increase yeah it's only going to increase yeah and uh, from now on yeah obviously so i i really wish that you know a lot of people get their pr visas too i have closed about uh, 700 odd clients 600 to 700 odd clients right now across india as well as across the globe Uh, now i have clients from uh, middle east who are signing up i have clients from canada itself you know who are there on temporary resident visas they they are signed up with me plus assistance for their pr visas so it's so uh, what are you what is the 600 700 clients you're talking about they have signed up with you for the correct, for the pr process yeah correct 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 yeah oh, wow okay okay So obviously this six is going to and all these people have received their invitation. No, 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 no. It's very difficult. The conversions would not be. Ah, it's it's like one okay. percent conversion or point five percent conversion. If I'm able to see in this industry, if out of the six hundred, if I'm able to convert one percentage, it is like I'm the master of this industry. I'm in the I'm the topper of this particular industry. Like it's like that. Got it. You know? So got it, got it. that's that's how this industry is. Right. But uh, but your conversion from the point of invitation is going to be way higher, right? From point of invitation to PR, it is hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. Right. No doubts right. about that. You know. See, yeah. Yeah. See, if you ask me about the documentation part, I have done it for six of my clients. But on top of that, my sister, she is a PR holder now. So that documentation right. also, I was the one who helped her out. brother-in-law again pr holders there in canada again i helped them out in the documentation couple of my Got friends it. again uh, part of the documentation i am not putting them all in the client bracket but still the effort and the work is all the same right so 
right in terms of experience it's not just the experience of six people it is more than that and including my five right. so it's more than that yeah got it so your ielts training is still going ielts training is still is going that on. your is that your main uh, lead generation process as well for the pr consultants uh, no i am not using ielts as the lead generation thing for me right now the narrative of pr itself is generating good leads right? okay. so the narrative got is it. now the canadian pr visa ielts have now got become it. a part of the program so now i have included ielts a part of the program so i have a trainer who is doing got the it, training got it got it got it and i have so ielts alone is not your uh, flagship yeah, product such ielts has become part of the part of so if somebody wants to learn only ielts from you you're not doing it doing it still doing it yeah that can also be done what i did right now is i have i have created a self paced course uh, uh, the ielts self paced program so people who wants to take part in that they can do it and there is a live session going on four times a week so this live also Got keeps it. going on right my i have a Got trainer who is taking care of my live sessions so they can take part in my uh, they can they can watch my uh, self paced program course as well as well as in addition to it they can uh, uh, learn this uh, i mean learn from my trainer on during the live sessions as well so that again is a possibility this can also be done got it ajay and um... you are a solopreneur now now I mean, it's a, just... yeah now now i'm a solopreneur correct yeah i have team i have a team in delhi who's taking care of the digital marketing and stuff but it's it's a they are an agency i outsource it to them and agency i outsource yeah. it to them they're all your correct, supporting correct, correct. but largely you you would probably fall under correct. the solopreneur route absolutely and, that bracket yeah for sure yeah and uh, that's how you're you know kind of envisioning yourself down the line correct. at least also and uh, as you said you know it's way more comfortable for oh. you there are a lot of so you know first we were talking about uh, the difference between people who are working and then being an entrepreneur now in entrepreneur itself there is a huge difference between being a solopreneur and then you know running a team having a company and all those correct, things correct correct got it and uh, when when you're moving away right when you're uh, changing your primary uh, place of residence to another country Uh, now how does that impact your entrepreneurship this maple assistance thing um frankly speaking i'm keeping my fingers crossed <laughs> i really don't know what's going to happen once i move to canada but i have a vague idea like this is what i'm going to do right so okay uh, in canada there are a lot of students who go to canada on on a study permit and all these students they they spend a lot of money thinking that they can settle down in the country if they don't settle down it's not going to make sense for them right so okay. my intention is to help those students who wants to settle down there right and mm-hmm. and these guys they have spent already uh, uh, lakhs and lakhs of money on their education again right. if if at all they want to get their pr visa done through a immigration lawyer it's going to cost another 5000 6000 dollars over there which i can literally right. get it done for maybe what like 1000 1500 i can save uh, a, a huge Some of Huge, money yeah. for these students, yeah, for these students. One, and number two, uh, again, a very big hurdle to all these guys. Uh, one big hurdle is the language test. There is a particular band score that you need to take. For example, right. when I say a particular band score, let's say eight and triple seven, eight in listening and seven in all the other modules. Let's say you take a test and you score nine, which is the top in the module, right? You score nine in three modules, and you score only five point five in one module. but your overall mm. score is still decent 7.58 in spite of having a excellent overall score you have to repeat ielts again by paying another 15 16000 bucks 
right why because you scored 0.5 less than one so when it comes to canadian pr the the score the the threshold score is really important right, right. so people fail to do that right so i can right. i can also help them out on this aspect on in terms of ielts right and right. one more advantage is when when i'm there in canada it is easy for me to pitch myself because i'm i'm walking my talk right so people will understand okay so exactly yeah you've already gone through the yeah i've gone through the drill so i have a proven track record and i've done it for myself so i've done it for my clients now i, I can also help the other person so that confidence would also be there and now i can easily go reach out to the international market so right now got it i'm confined to see when whenever i say that you know i i am having clients from middle east it is not the middle east client itself it is the it is our guy who's there in middle east right and and our guy who's there in canada but now i can reach right. once i go to canada i can reach out to international audience as well so we can i can reach yeah, you are in canada itself so so that becomes a, a hub you know like then it's easy for me to pitch myself so that now i'm i'm thinking of expansions right so all other going international going international expanding this thing and making a system around it and also i have a plan of you know getting myself equipped and licensed so you need to have a license if you want to do it yeah uh, if you That's want to represent a client you need to have the license so i'm thinking of Got getting it. myself licensed there once i go there right Got now it. what i'm doing is a completely different uh, program it's an education kind Got of it. a program which we will definitely talk about but uh, once i move there like planning to get myself a license so that uh, i can represent i can start representing people from across the country exactly. so that's also going to help the cause right and there are other ventures as well which is there in my mind so one thing that i didn't tell you is from 2011 till 2016 i have put my hands in five to six different industries so Right. but i have always ensured that i stick to my strength my strength is training my strength is you know talking to people convincing and selling always right i have stuck to my strength but i have tried out other industries as well i have tried my hand right. at other industries as well yeah other businesses as well so i have got some ideas um, on on the tech side of it edu edutech actually speaking yeah on the edutech aspect of it so uh, let's see let's see what what the future holds we really don't know if everything goes well for sure right uh, um thinking of pitching in and you know getting all these things done yeah that might also can happen so in addition to maple assistance i might be starting up couple of other companies as well once i'm there yeah got it ajay ajay uh, you were talking about you know you've closed uh, 600 700 clients you know where uh, you're looking at a 1% conversion which itself you said is going to be you know a big thing for you if that happens now One percent is one thing, but how did you, uh, you know, what was the process you followed to, you know, get the six hundred, seven hundred clients, and did it, you know, was it successful right from the start, or how many iterations that you had to go through to get that uh, model working for you? See, frankly speaking, it took me some time to figure out the model which I'm going to work. But the moment I figure out, like, this is what I'm going to do, then I things started fall, falling in place. without uh, right. uh, any hassle so i used to have this webinar funnel that's my funnel actually so okay. uh, this is how it works i run ads and uh, okay. these leads come into a whatsapp group and inside okay. the group like we share the link to, uh, to mm-hmm. this particular webinar people attend the webinar and inside the webinar i explain them the process i explain them about maple assistance and i give them an offer i make an offer right. and people sign up using the offer so this is this is the right. funnel right 
frankly speaking this is working great for me without any hassles because a person who's serious about getting a canadian pr visa when he sits when he attends this 2 hour session with me hands down this is a best solution for him right i have created right. it that way right so right cost effective it's a transparent process this person gets educated he is learning and he doesn't have to fear mistakes or fear of failure that that part i'm completely right. taking it out right? right so what tells you need right so you are saving the money and at the same time you are you are achieving or you are you are reaching your goal what else you need right so anyone with a uh, uh, real intention of getting the canadian pr thing when he listens or when he sits inside the session i i give him a fantastic offer as well which is not taxing the pockets i i give him a excellent offer so that like he signs up right away right got it so it's 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 pretty simple it's pretty smooth sailing for me now yeah so uh, this is the webinar you said that happens four times a week the no, no, no. That's the live session that happens. That's for the IELTS part. The webinar happens ah, once is, a week. You use a trainer to Correct. do that. Correct. I, I have a trainer to do that. But webinar, I do it once a week. Once Initially, a week. And you are present in that. Yeah, yeah. I am, it's a live session. I do it personally. And I answer questions. I take questions. I answer public questions. And then, yeah. Then people, interested people, they sign up. So how many participants you have attending this? Uh, generally, uh, the numbers keep fluctuating. 2020, okay. the numbers was huge, you know, like uh, I used to get around like 500. My Zoom used to be wow. full, like it's, it's 450, okay. 500. Uh, month on month, this would be the numbers. Then um, the numbers started coming down. Obviously, it's mm. the it's a niche, right? So you when you're doing the ads and other stuff, you know, the numbers, yeah, the cost yeah. also keeps increasing. So right now I have uh, every session, I'll have anywhere around like uh, 120 to 150, 160 people attending the session. Um, okay. And this happens every week, week on week, uh, the session keeps happening. Got it, Ajay. Okay, uh, so Ajay, uh, we were talking about, you know, uh, your process uh, for the getting people onto your webinars. And then you said uh, at one point, you know, there were about 500 participants. Your Zoom used to be full. Uh, you used to run ads. And now, you know, you get about 120 every week. So, uh can you help me understand, you said something about, you know, uh, your lead generation improving, but your leads decreasing from 500 to 120. Uh, what is that all about? See, one thing that I understood about this uh, social media marketing and this thing is that, you know, um, Canadian PR is a very niche audience. It is not that, you know, you, it's it's not a term like um, online business or coaching or something like that. It's a niche uh, audience. So what happens is that when you start running ads, you know, multiple times to the same audience, then at one point in time, the cost per acquisition actually goes up. Mm. But the quality of the ads it's also, you know, it's improving because a person sees this for like four times, five times, then he thinks, okay, what is this? Then he start, then he signs up, huh. right? So then the quality wise, it's getting better. But again, in terms of the costing and in terms of number of people who are coming in, it is coming down because it's a niche market. So obviously, and my thing is also to, it is, it is related to what is happening there in Canada. So if the Canadian immigration thing is really good, really prospective, they come up with a wonderful plan. Then here, the number of people or the leads is going to increase. 
Right. That is something there if the draws are not happening, if it's going to shut down or something, then again, it's going to decrease here. So it's uh, directly related to what the government of Canada is, you know, planning and stuff, right? So Got it. So that's where the fluctuation actually is, right? And we are also still learning in terms of, you know, uh, optimizing the ads and yeah. uh, finding the right hit. So we're still working on it, right? It's been like three years, but yeah, still you have a lot of scope to improve and stuff. That's that's about, I mean, you all, you know how uh, social media is changing and evolving. Right. Every, every week, every month, right? So obviously it's, it's too uh, difficult to say that, you know, I have nailed it or this is not working. So you keep learning and you make changes, you adjust to it and you just move, move with that. Got it, Ajay. And uh, talking about your ads, what are the social media platforms you run your ads on? See, right now we are running on Instagram and on Facebook. We have not touched Google yet. And okay. we have not tried YouTube yet. Um, these two platforms are giving us good numbers and pretty it's going pretty decent. So we have not, you know, diversified into Google. But Google and YouTube is all, um, it's there in back of my mind. Okay. Maybe we will try it out this year. Sometime this year for sure, we will try, we'll be, we will definitely be trying out this Google Ads as well to see how it actually goes. Got it. And you do this yourself or you've outsourced this activity to? Uh, I have a team. I have a team uh, from Delhi uh, who are taking care of uh, this thing. Okay. I actually have an idea. I've learned all these things, you know, when I decided, okay, okay, this is how it's going to go. Uh, See, frankly speaking, what happened before the COVID, COVID actually came into picture 2020. Hmm. But way before COVID, what I did was I wanted to experiment this thing. So I had my office open. I, I was paying rent to my office, but I was not working in my office. I told my owner that, okay, so I'm going to try this. I'm going to anyways pay the rent. So it's not for uh, free. It's not too late. I was paying him the rent, but I was operating online, trying and seeing how it's actually going to work. So 2019 fag end, I started trying out this online thing, thereby catering to a wider audience. And just all before these, the pandemic hit. Just before the pandemic here. hit. I was working out on different platforms, seeing how it works and, you know, uh, to, to try because that way I can reach to more audience. So that was, right. that was the only thing that was there in my mind. Right. And I came to know about Facebook ads and how it all works. So I wanted to experiment. It was like a, a toy in a child's hand. Like I wanted to experiment with this thing. And uh, eventually what happened 2019, 2020 and all, I had a 50, 60% idea of selling online. Right. That thing I figured it out. 2020, like COVID came and it was a, I mean, I should not say this, but for me, it was really good. COVID came because everyone were there in front of the laptop and the whole narrative changed. It was all happening on the laptop and people came in at large numbers. They started flocking in, right? And I was already used to this. For me, it was not new, right? Right. So it all came that the timing really mattered and worked out wonders for me. So 2020 literally took off like crazy. Okay. And these are the times that you were doing it yourself. But I was doing you... it myself. Got it. Correct. Correct. So uh, from now, you know, from then to now, has there been any difference in the budget that you allocated for your weekly webinars uh, to run the ads? Correct. So initially in 2020, I was not even doing a weekly webinar. It was only a month. Okay. okay. So in a month, I used to do a do one webinar that used to take care of the whole month. I was making 
really good money and i was serving my clients really well so it was going really good 2021 uh, you know when the covid second wave of covid came the draws were not happening at that right. point in time uh, at that point in time uh, it was not making sense to pitch in this canadian pr thing right. so when you say that i'm going to help you get a canadian pr as a as a aspirant when you're looking at that particular ad it will not make sense because you know boss the draws itself is not happening canada is now closed yeah. where are you why are you pitching all these things right so that's there in your mind so i changed the narrative so right. i told them it is definitely going to open that everybody knows so when it opens you will be in, in advantage and now i don't promise any pr and stuff i'm going to give you a chance to apply for a canadian pr got it so so uh, statistically speaking out of 10 right people who are aspiring to get a canadian pr only one or two they go ahead and complete at least they give a try other eight they drop off for two mm. reasons one it's very expensive when they do when they are going to do this with a consultancy and number two it's an unsure process okay it right. is not that you pay 5 lakhs you are definitely going to get it if that is the case people can people are willing to you know take a personal loan to get this got it but it is unsure and it is highly uh, uh, very expensive right so high risk right so eight people they drop off so i wanted to cater to those eight people so i want to make this affordable i want to give this try make it low risk and i wanted to make this a transparent process so that's right. what was happening that was happening inside the webinar as well right. so okay. this we started and going good and yes to answer your question the budget in terms of uh, ads initially it was for uh, monthly webinars so that was a different amount then 2021 when the numbers started coming down when the narrative canadian narrative was dull then i had to put in some more money into this marketing obviously to reach out to a wider audience right so then 2021 was slightly increased budget uh, but from there on on a on a weekly basis the budget anywhere i mean it it keeps the same keeps remaining the same you know it's not varied that much it's plus or minus uh 5000 that's it but it it's more or less the same okay what is the kind of money that you spend on ads on a weekly basis for now on a on a weekly basis i spend anywhere between 12000 that's the low range okay sometimes it even goes up to 20k depending 20K. on how the ads perform at that particular week right Got so it. some weeks it does really well other weeks it's not right so somewhere around that yeah got it and uh, these uh, webinars you conduct on a weekly basis are they paid webinars or are they free webinars it's a free webinar for attending the session people don't have to pay it inside okay. i give them an opportunity to take part in my program got it and they'll get an offer to sign up got it here's a question ajay so see free or you charge 99 rupees or 49 rupees is not a big deal but you you know if i open my instagram i see these webinars for you know 99 rupees or 49 rupees um they say that it is used to kind of uh, determine the intent um how do you see this and uh, do, did you think about did you come across a point where you had to decide whether you wanted to do this webinar for free or paid or was it a easy decision if you did think how did you arrive at the decision of making it free 
no i did experiment it i have done paid webinars as well but okay. paid webinars doesn't really make sense unless and otherwise you charge a premium right so right. this 99 rupees or 199 rupees 299 rupees 499 even 499 it's not a big money to people right, right now right. people are earning a lot these days right so 500 they might have paid out of interest but on that particular day they have a party in the evening so they prefer to go to the party not this one so this i understood when uh, i did paid sessions okay mm. i in fact i tried doing paid sessions people paid the money mm. even in the paid session the participant rate the conversion rate was only around 50 60% then i was wondering like you guys have paid the money even after paying the money if out of 100 only 50 people are going to participate then why should you pay the money let's keep it open let's find a mm. people attend that way at least 250 people come to know about the narrative and they might be interested so that didn't really work so if at all if 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 someone is listening to this someone is watching this who is having this you know doubts should i do right. this 99 thing just to test the intent 99 is not going to test the intent boss in order to test the intent you have to charge a premium maybe charge them 1500 bucks right, right? and if a person is paying 1500 bucks then yes he is going to attend your session for sure at least if not he is not attending he is going to come back to you and ask like hey this happened sorry i couldn't attend how to go further right so that conversation will be there if you charge them like 99 199 299 stuff they are they are fine with it it's 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 the charge they pay for the parking in bangalore for for an hour right they are absolutely okay with this so this is not really going to test the intent also probably given your niche it makes no sense to charge 99 and 499 and stuff mm, maybe right nah, because nah, nah. i mean people are applying for a canadian pr man so i'm sure obviously they yeah they, they know they're professionals they know their stuff they they earn and for them see that's why it's 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 if the intent it, it's not actually reflecting right even i thought so people who make the payment their intent is high no that's not the case you know right. so people can still take it for granted So, if at all you want to do a paid webinar, it has to be a high ticket one. Premium, Meaning, at least thousand five hundred. Thousand, at least there are thousand thousand five hundred rupees, right? Then they will feel the pinch when they don't attend it, right? Otherwise, it's like nothing for them. Yeah. Got it. And are you running ads only for the Indian uh, geography, or you're you know doing worldwide, or what is the strategy? No, no, no. Right now, I'm doing it for Indian geography only. Got it. And you say you know you have about one hundred and twenty people participating. What is the conversion rate like? i the ideal conversion rate in any online webinar anywhere the the industry standard is 3% so okay. if at all uh, i mean uh, the general webinar thing you you have seen all the online yes 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 a lot courses. of webinars and a lot of topics yeah 3% to 5 percentage is a good conversion on okay. an average even okay. if you google it that's what you will find like 3 to 5 percentage on a webinar is a very good conversion 2 to 3 good uh 3 to 5 very good and anything above 5 so for me it converts anywhere between uh, easily between 8 to 15 percentage that is a conversion wow okay that is a 8 to 15 percentage conversion the reason is because of the product it's because the service the one that it's been created you know the value right and the offer so i i right. i come up with a excellent program and i give it a turn very affordable price right so people can't resist buying it so kind of that kind of a narrative got it ajay i think here's the unique thing right because see 
uh, everywhere you look who's the i mean who are the ones who are helping people get a canadian pr are these consultancy mm-hmm. and uh, you told what is happening with those consultancy and uh, one of the beautiful things about your journey is i think uh, most of the success stories around coaching right happens when the coach has a personal story mm-hmm. uh, strongly connected to the product or the service that he's offering i think that's what is probably you know going very well for you and uh, probably that is why uh, it is between 8% to 15% the reason i'm bringing this up is this right uh, for the people who are listening and um, you know the aspiring uh, knowledge entrepreneurs you know who are looking to start something even when you know even when i've had conversations in the past um, there is a strong correlation between knowledge entrepreneurs who are succeeding um is that when they they didn't start out with a business model thinking you know after a market research you know this is what i'm going to do they mm-hmm. were doing something and somehow they understood you know they could also help people achieve the same thing and they are the ones who have gone on to kind of you know see a lot of success so that's, that's a pattern that i also i'm seeing with you so that's the reason mm-hmm. i'm bringing this up and i maybe this is of value to people who are listening so that's the reason i'm just reiterating on this fact right yeah um ajay um another thing uh, i wanted to you know talk to you about while we were having this conversation right there was this phase of yours when you were 20 to 25 uh, or you know when you were doing the happy miles happy miles was making a lot of money but ajay the person wasn't making a lot of money probably there would have been months when you made nothing but you ended up paying money to the employees that you've employed and then you said you know uh, to 2016 when you started classroom training for happy miles um it was the other way around ajay was taking all the money this is uh, we are looking at two roles one is an entrepreneur with a team and then we are looking at a solopreneur so how do you look at this ajay like you know i know it is a subjective thing uh, maybe for your business model solopreneur is working well but having been um in both these roles what do you have to say and when is when uh, when should somebody stick to being a solopreneur and not get into being an entrepreneur with a team all right so i would definitely suggest every you know aspiring entrepreneur unless and otherwise you require a team so i can put this as resource right if you really require an office go take it if you really require a macbook then go buy it if you really require a sales person then hire otherwise you go you get it done yourself right right so this is this is seriously one important learning that happy miles had given me right, right. and i took it very seriously right and in fact it is working great right now right so you really should have a team right only when it is this time is affecting your productivity for example i'm i'm doing the c frankly speaking i, I told you jag uh, i i learned digital marketing initial right. phase of it the digital marketing was done by myself right. right i did the digital marketing when i started this thing off i was not a uh, you know perfectionist in digital marketing i had rough ideas how to do it i bought courses right. i learned those courses i experimented it. it i was getting in some 
people so it was working i started doing it right i right. I, i was the one who did it first right, right? so i i got into a team only when i felt that okay i should focus more on the narrative i should focus more on the product and serving my clients so that they are happy so then i decided okay this i am going to outsource because digital marketing was taking my time right if it was not for that i would have stuck with digital marketing i could have i would have done that myself right so Very maybe cool. you need a team only when your productivity is getting hurt until then don't go for a team don't go for a team or don't don't go for any resource just for the sake of doing it because others are doing it or you think it is cool right but if it is really required it's going to reflect in terms of your productivity as well as on your numbers right, right. then that's the time when you, you have to do it or if you are seriously going to scale up right if there is a huge scope for you to scale up and you cannot be there everywhere right, right. then yes you need a team right so otherwise i would definitely stick try to be as minimalistic as possible make a lot of money right uh, spend on invest in invest back in your business right and when you are when you are cutting your other costs right? right so those things money saved is money earned right, right? so right. this profit again comes back into your pocket so this is going to help you you can reinvest it in the business you can explore you can experiment you can you can spend it you can go on a holiday right, right. So it becomes yours when you're doing this just think whether it's necessary and we are living in a world where you can hire a person for like 10 days 15 days 20 days you can hire uh, executive assistants virtual assistants right you have all these things so don't get into a full time commitment for a temporary job doesn't really make sense right so how i evaluate is for example i i want a trainer right right i'll see if the demand or the need is there for at least 3 to 4 months right so the initial 3 to 4 months i test it myself right? right i train and i see okay consistently there are people there is a requirement then maybe yes it's going it's taking my time so now it's the time for me to bring in a other person into the picture so i hire right. a freelancer right so right. this is the way to go about it is what i personally think if you want to be successful in the game right so avoid cost cutting not in terms of deliberate cost cutting but these sort of unnecessary things you know Got only it. those Got things it. which are not necessary for your business right. you should not hesitate to cut it off right so that's that's my suggestion and working with a team again um to answer your question working with a team is a skill right finding right. the right team is wow that's another skill i don't know how many entrepreneurs have nailed that no i, I zero i think still people are trying to figure it out right so that's something that i'm not good at Mm. from the previous experience something that i learned is i'm okay. not really good at you know building this team and you know maybe i need more work on that so right now i'm not getting into those arena that place itself i'm not going i'm just sticking on to my strength when and then and there whenever i need i hire people get the work done that's it that's pretty much it otherwise it's all going cool so if your process if your systems and process is in place then you don't have to worry about all these things right other additional resources so have a strong system and process right and then you don't worry about all these things got it as it and um would i be right if i assume your theory about outsourcing work it is an is it a given that that solopreneur is profitable first of all is that money being paid out of the profits or even otherwise 
no see if you are a solopreneur first mm. you should be in a position to fill in every person show when you are a solopreneur doesn't mean that you are just doing one job you are doing multiple things mm. right and the moment if you if you are thinking of outsourcing that naturally means that you are doing good that's the reason why you go and outsource mm. when things right. are not going in your favor you are you that means it's not working out the business itself is not working out right so you don't really go and outsource right first because, you uh, the work. reason i'm asking this question is it's a chicken uh, and egg uh, kind of a situation right uh, see now you ajay you have some sales skills fine you're able to sell let us say somebody who's an expert in doing canadian pr itself there are a lot of situations but i'm sticking to this because we are talking about it let's say somebody is an expert somebody says you know look you've got an invitation 100% you will get a pr Uh, there is no there is no messing up in the documentation let's say but you know let's say he doesn't have a um a skill like you you know your one of the major strengths of yours is that two hour webinar which you do you have a certain story you are able to communicate that well and good for you but what about a person who can do it for sure but who is not able to do the two hour webinar like you now should he hire somebody even before he is making a profit should he bet on somebody and you know hire somebody and do it is that a good route to take or should that person improve his skills and then do the webinar himself you know this is this is kind of a, i mean i'm not trying to ask you the specific question i'm just giving you an example so my question would be like should solopreneurs first pick up skills and you know if they're outsourcing something should they know that uh, process themselves before outsourcing So frankly speaking to answer your question jag i personally feel solopreneurs should acquire skills right and it right. all depends on what skill right? right is it an essential skill or not mm. if you are a solopreneur selling is an essential skill right i personally believe selling is definitely an essential skill for any solopreneur any entrepreneur for that matter right. he might be a technique he might be selling something technical stuff but he still needs to know how needs to close to. it right if he is not good at it then he is not going to you know go it's not going to work out the way it's supposed right. to work out right? Right, right so it all depends on the skill for example if you had asked me like ajay if at all it was coding for you if at all uh, i i have a software built okay right. so i have a software built so why did you not try the software thing all by yourself why did you not learn software and why didn't you build your own software then this is not my uh, thing right. this is something i'm good i'm okay outsourcing right mm. but when it comes to selling in a webinar the personal brand is really important you cannot say that hey this person has done it so trust this person i cannot say that this person is good at it right so right. i cannot i cannot speak for you you have to come in and then people are obviously going to think if this guy is really good at it why is he not on the screen then right, right? Why, why is he hidden behind the screens right so obviously when you're coming into this kind of a business you should be okay to show your face on the screen there i see a lot of people and i am seeing a lot of ads which says that you know you don't even have to show your face i think people should not focus on that this is this is focusing on weaknesses right so rather you should help people to convert their weakness into strength right, right. if you are really right. afraid to show your face on screen here is how you can actually do that i'm going to teach it that itself is a really good thing you know so uh, coming from an nlp background i have done my nlp and stuff right so i understand this is really important right? right this is an essential skill now you have come to this game boss you have come online is a field where you have already come right yes there are people who who are really successful without showing the face but that's just a small group right you right. cannot bet on the small group 
right so you should be okay in in i'm not saying that you you should definitely come record this do that do that no right. but you should be okay in doing that if your business demands to at some point in time you Got cannot it. at that point in time you cannot come and tell hey no i'm i'm a shy person i'm not good at it so i'll hire another person i'm going to outsource this thing alone no no certain things you cannot outsource right Got so it. this is the soul of my business webinars are the soul of my business i cannot outsource this yes there Got are people it. who can do it i i can teach them do it i can do it right but it's not going to result the same when i am doing it right so got it it's really important what things you source and what things you do it yourself right so got it ajay depends on on the skills yeah no it is you know uh, interesting when you started off the answer you said there are some essential things that you mm. need to do and there are some non essential things that can be outsourced i mean Correct. is there uh, you know what would you consider just you know randomly whatever you can think of with your experience what would be those essential skills a solopreneur needs to pick up no matter what there's no it's a non negotiable and what are some of those non essential things that a solopreneur can uh, mm. outsource so so frankly speaking communication it's an okay. essential skill okay if you cannot communicate an idea right so you're not going to you're not going to do it right and then from communication selling and negotiation right these things right right that's really essential and the technicalities of the subject right for example i am into canadian pr space right so when questions come on canadian pr i should be in a position to take i cannot compromise on this particular thing this is an essential skill i should be an expert in the now people are calling themselves expert just by reading few books and you know trying a few things that's not how it actually works so you have to right. go deep and even and you should also essential skill is saying no to certain things that again right. is an essential skill at this point in time you should right. be okay to saying no to few things right so mm-hmm. these are all essential skills non essential skills speaking of i mean speaking of all these non essential skills i would say coding is a non essential skill you don't need to know the codes there are so many people who are good at it so you can actually do it so for example you want a software you can do it right now there are a lot of crms right you can do it researching is not a, a essential skill because there are a lot of people who are really good at it you pay them the money like you pay them 100 dollars 200 dollars 300 dollars they give you a complete research paper like you this is you you just need to teach tell them clearly what is required and right. there are people who are really good at all these things right and even the other like on the creatives right so graphic designing all right. these things these are all not essential skills you can anyways uh, you know hire people for the same and there are a lot of platforms which can get it done for you right. so these are non essential skills but are some things which act as the core you know for example th- there comes a client right and you you are charging him like uh, maybe 50000 bucks and he wants to try negotiate that with you how do you tackle that client right? right when he when he wants to negotiate that means he's already interested in your product so you just have to close it you don't have to right. sell him again you just have to close it how are you going to do that right, right. right. these kind of things are really essential got it right? so got it. essential non essential i think this is this is i this is something that i personally feel are some of the skills you know essential just give few examples on the essential of course of course you know it's going to vary from business to business but ah, i think correct. on yeah. the whole you covered it right mm. uh, ajay you also told about you know you out, you built a software um so i mean what from a software perspective what are the needs for your business no see what i have built is right now it's a called it's an lms tool okay. uh, basically which will mimic the computer delivered ielts examination so 
there was this company uh, yeah there is this company which is into building these type of tools and uh, we signed up with that particular company for the tool and the company completely took care of the whole thing i just have to pay them the money right so i know nice. what's my what my requirement is i tell them my requirement and they get it done that's it Got so it. this is again non essential i just pay them the money and they get this thing done and whatever money that i spent on the software it's not directly costing me i'm anyways going to put that Passing on my client on because that's going to be a, a value addition right so it's already been passed on to my clients so i'm right. i'm not having this thing. so this is something that you can always you know uh, play around with this software is definitely not an essential skill got it right you can anytime get a person got it ajay and for a business like yours right what i mean when i say for a business like yours is this is what i mean you're a solopreneur you are offering a certain expertise of yours and you use the webinar model of uh, sourcing clients and you know it's a certain model in itself uh, this model can be replicated for a number of other services that experts offer now for people out there what from a tools perspective from a subscriptions perspective right you must be you know if you're doing webinar then you must be using a tool that offers the webinar solution and then you know funnels and all these things what are the essential tools uh, that are needed uh, to sustain a business like yours um see for me there are a few tools that i actually use i use zoom okay without that you know nothing really that's the tool you use for your webinars i, I use zoom for my webinars okay. initially i was using a tool called webinar jam that was that webinar is one called yes. webinar jam i was yeah. using the pro version of it but later you know when i understood zoom it's pretty handy you know it's quite easy to do it and stuff and now i'm using the webinar version of it so really good at uh, this thing so at, at the work that it does so i'm happy with zoom right now so right. and zoom is something that most people use as well so webinar jam yes. a lot yes. of people had doubts and confusions but right. zoom is something they already have the office meeting on so they yes. are yes. used to zoom so yes. i started shifting it to zoom now zoom is something that i used to have calendly for appointment scheduling and stuff obviously this calendly is very important that's you use the a pro version of it is it i use a pro version of it calendly okay. all right and um, and for me it's whatsapp groups that's it i don't even have anything else here oh so people come directly from the ad to the whatsapp group so in the group i share the link of the webinar and then uh, people if they want to book an appointment and all they schedule it on calendly that's pretty much it so i've even the tools part i've kept it minimal in case if some integration has to be done i use zapiers uh, for integrating two things right um i also have another subscription called lead pages Okay. Uh, which helps me in building the landing pages so initially if i if i want to make a landing page or something um wordpress is uh, one big headache so okay. lead pages i can get it done instantly so it's like a drag and drop kind of a builder got it right so that helps me build landing pages quickly so lead pages so these are the paid subscriptions that i have at this moment got it ajay and you said uh, you are uh, you know also you um, have a self paced course for ielts which for people who come as part part of your pr consultancy uh, service that you offer so where where have you hosted that what are the tools one needs for hosting a self paced course uh, so what happened is like um, initially i was working with a third party course platform providers okay but since we have built this lms right now it has to be integrated the course has to be integrated with the lms 
so we i don't have an option other than sticking on to wordpress now so it's on the wordpress platform right now it's on my website it's on the wordpress platform so people can watch the lessons and then they can take up the test as well then watch the lessons take a test it's like built in that way uh, take a test in the sense similar to the ielts thing that similar to that it, it mimics that simulated oh, yeah correct yeah, yeah so this is the solution that you've built on your own you're not subscribed to anybody no 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 i built it on my own yeah got it and you must be using a cloud uh, service to host your servers on and stuff like that right your website should be hosted somewhere like yeah, aws yeah. or azure or something not sure of where that the hosting part is done it all it's all taken care by the team who's over there so they take care of it i've just asked them that you know it should not be down at any point in time right so this is not the maple assistance website for the ielts and the tool part we have this okay. thing called ielts rockstar so okay. that's the basic wordpress website so this you will not see it on the front end so we we don't promote the uh, ielts rockstar so basically this is for the clients of maple assistance only so you will not find this seo no contents nothing this acts as a tool for all the people who sign up with maple assistance i give them an individual access to this particular site so that's and, how and uh, your expenditure uh to maintaining the ielts rockstar is on a monthly basis or an annual basis on an annual basis and i think it's around like uh 75 80000 bucks per okay. year mm. this includes yeah. the cloud cost everything yeah correct the people who maintain it and everything yeah 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 got it great great ajay so ajay uh, when i was uh, talking to you right there was this other aspect that came in you know you said uh you can as a solopreneur right you are outsourcing a lot of things and uh, you spoke about very minute things from graphic designing you know you can outsource research and all those things i'm asking you this question from the perspective of two stakeholders involved here one is fellow solopreneurs okay uh, as a solopreneur how do you go about shortlisting these freelancers because it's a tricky thing right i mean you trust somebody see for example you need something in a week's time you go find a freelancer you have a week's time you spend that week you don't know if the product what you're expecting is going to come out of the freelancer or not so there is a little bit of a risk involved how do you tackle that part and uh, this is from a point of view of solopreneur right how do they go and choose the right people and how do you make sure you're not overspending it this is one thing second part of the question is from a freelancer's perspective there are a you know lot of freelancers who are struggling to find jobs you know as a solopreneur as a guy who gives work what would you like to tell the freelancers you know what can they do better to get more work okay so i mean the answer to both the question is one and the same okay i basically pick uh, my people who vibe with me okay so <clears throat> so the current the person whom i am working with right now the reason why i showed interest on his uh, instagram page i came across his page on instagram and i okay. really liked his work and like i i i wanted to approach him because there are a lot of people there are a lot of people on on the market right now you right. you uh, digital marketing space there are lakhs and lakhs of people right, right. right. hard to pick the one this guy stood out because he was very quirky right okay. he used memes mm. to mm. communicate a message so he was communicating a message but at the same time when you when you look at the message you will have a small smile on your face right that aspect really is something that i loved okay 
but that's not the one that was the entry point but the reason why i signed up with this particular person is because or the reason why i would sign up with any person is because uh so this is for all the people who are listening all the freelancers who are listening any any solopreneur any entrepreneur is going to give you that gig not because you are you are an expert it is because you listen to them and you understand the problem first mm. right so this is what a lot of freelancers lot of agency owners this is where they make a mistake right okay. okay they don't they don't listen to your business first they don't understand you first before understanding they start selling they start pitching right, right. this is right. where a lot of people they go wrong so i have personally experienced this with uh, you know a digital marketing agency so when you go to a particular digital marketing agency the first thing they do is they have this call and during the call they they show all these things where like they have helped 5x 10x 1 crore this ad spend this that's not what i want boss what i want is i want you to first understand me my business my pain point suggest where things are getting leaked then propose how you are going to fix it then talk about your expert that is how it actually comes mm. right most of the people they want they start selling it from the word go right but right. selling happens only when you listen right Got so it. people listening is a very very vital skill especially if you are a freelancer okay so first it can be one hour it can be two hours understand the business right and then repeat it to the person right and see if you have understood it right right because right. he might have told you something you might have understood it different and you might have you might be trying to figure out a solution for something else but check it with the person whether you have understood it right ask for a time then come up with the plans understand where the leak is happening then come up with the plans then you share it so this is something that you know uh, digital marketing agencies or freelancers this is what is missing with a lot of people they right from the word go they get a lead they try to sell it to the lead don't do that right right so this is very important and i choose people who are good listeners right right so it's it's very easy to you know get the uh, flesh from the crowd right so it's like not many people are good listeners mm. right so but any person who wants to work with me i'll i see if he has that listening skill because right. initially if i'm not careful with this then it's going to be a real big headache for me yeah because this guy is not going to understand me what i want what i expect right. he will have something on his own mind and he'll be working around that he will not understand what's there in my head right, right? so it will be really hard to work with this particular person so come understand listening and understanding is ultimatum when it comes to you know getting clients so this is for the freelancers so if you are a freelancer listening make sure that you listen to your client understand the need and then start pitching or then start selling right have, speak to him about how uh, you can add value to the business right and that's when people get impressed people are not impressed with you showing the results of others right so that's okay that's just an entry point but that alone cannot seal the deal right so they should feel that you know you can solve the problem they should Sorry. feel that you can add value so right. the moment someone feels it then they want to work with you got it got it ajay this is uh, excellent because i think this can really help people out there because there are a lot of people with skills but 
not really able to onboard new clients. But Ajay, this is the second part of uh, that process. I have another question. When you start off, let's say you're working on something, you think, okay, I need somebody to do this. What is the first thing that you do in your search for this person? Do you go to Google? Do you go to social media? Can you uh, share some insight about this? Because I think this can also be a very, very insightful uh, thing if you share. See, what I do is I, I go to Google, actually. Okay, okay. And when I figure out few people on the first page or on the second page, then I try go to the, I, I, I go to their socials okay. and I'll okay. see like mm. what these guys have done. Right. right. And when I'm looking at uh, all these socials, I look for something creative. Mm. I look for uniqueness. Mm. Uh, I, I look for something quirky mm. and something funny. Right. Mm. So mm. this is my personality, right? So it right. should match my personality. And then from there, I shortlist few have a word with them. And uh, when you're having this initial conversation, you you get to understand. You, right. you get to understand something from the person, right? Right. Then that's that's how I generally close. So for me, initially, it all starts with Google. Google. Then the socials really help because uh, to see whether that uh, whatever I'm seeing on the Google really reflects uh, their ideology. So socials really help to understand them slightly better. And then when I have a word with them, you get a fair understanding of how it's going to be like with them. Got it, Ajay. And um, Ajay, uh, are you, you know, just because we are talking here, maybe somebody could benefit. Are you uh, looking to hire any freelancers or, you know, what are your hiring plans like? Are there any opportunities for the people Absolutely who are listening to yes. this? Absolutely, yes. In terms of uh, uh, trainers, IELTS and uh, language test trainers. If, you, if you're listening, mm. please do get in touch. Really would love to work with you. See if I, how I can accommodate you here in uh, Maple Assistance 1. Great. And uh, someone who's really good at designing, who's mm. really good at you know copywriting. Now that all the AI tools have come, it's all yeah. become very robotic. So that human touch is missing. Right. So you can use technology, but again, the human touch has to be there. That's what yeah. I personally feel. Yeah. So someone who's really good at copywriting and, and creatives and, you know, all these things. Yeah, you can definitely get in touch. I may not be having a full-time job or offer for you, but for sure, uh, this opportunity in terms of working with Maple Assistance, you'll definitely get. Got it. And uh, you pay on an hourly basis for the trainers? Uh, for uh, Yeah, for the trainers, yes. Pay, pay them on an hourly basis or based on sessions. Sometimes the session is 90 minutes. So okay. I pay them uh, based on sessions. As What's well. a rough figure uh, if they want to get an idea? Uh, anywhere between 300 to 500 uh, is what's uh, the market standard right now. And uh, once I actually move to Canada, I'm having plans of, you know, um, doing personal training. So it's it's going to be one-on-one -on -one training. One-on-one, -on -one, right. So that, that time it's going to be a different revenue. It's not going to be per hour. It will be per person. So that will be a 60-40 uh, commission-based working. Right. So right. based on the results, based on the expertise, how well they are training, what's the results they are giving. Right. Uh, they are they, they can negotiate as well. I really don't mind. So uh, that's another plan. That's uh, something that's cooking up. So hopefully once I land in Canada, another three, four months time, I'll be starting that as well. Personal training. Yeah. Got it. Ajay. Great. 
Ajay, uh, as far as uh, from a business perspective, I think uh, thank you so much for answering all the questions. Uh, I think I've also asked you a lot of questions, which I myself have been curious about over the years. And now whatever I thought would contribute to the people that are listening to this. But one question that I cannot uh, resist uh, asking you, uh, anybody, you know, this question I have, anybody who's looking to, this is a personal question. So choose to answer in any capacity that you want. You've decided to move to a different country, uh, you know, from your birthplace. And, um, you know, I have a lot of uh, questions around this. How can somebody, you know, uh, move? So just want to understand, you know, what is your thought process behind it? Why did you choose to, you know, go to, uh, you know, go and settle down in another country? What about your family here? You know, how have you processed all these things and what is the, you know, why are you doing all this? Right. It was, it was completely just for the sake of trying it or want to experiment it and something. Okay. Never really knew that it's going to, I mean, you start something off and it, once it starts taking off, you then get nervous, right? It's like the same with me here. So, um, initially, uh, I know I never thought this would be this serious, this big and all, but the moment. Uh, I received the PR. That is when the reality hit. That's when I started right. thinking, okay, how am I going to do this? What am I going to do? All those things um, started creeping in. And frankly speaking, I'm I'm equally nervous uh, as I'm excited. Like it's it's mutual. The feeling is mutual. Like it's fifty percent excitement and fifty percent uh, nervousness because it's completely a new country and you know, um, not sure what I'm going to do. How it's how to set, I mean setting up a business here in India where you know your things, right? It, that itself is difficult, but now I have to go re-establish the whole thing there in Canada. So it's going to be a Himalayan task for me, right? And uh, and, and going along with my family as well, two kids, wife, right? So all these things are definitely there, but I really want to give this thing a try. So the reason why, if you ask me, Ajay, uh, if you ask me, uh, Chag, Ajay, why are you moving to Canada? Then my thing would be, it is to explore. It is simply to explore because it is not that I'm not doing here well here in India. Frankly speaking, here in India, I'm doing exceptionally well. I would be living a king's life if I'm sticking on to India. But somewhere I feel that, you know, God is calling me to go to Canada. It's like that. I'm a, I'm a uh, believer. I, I, I'm a firm believer in God. And I see a purpose in me going to Canada. I can I can feel that intuitively. I can I can feel that with me. And uh, I personally think that I'm going to add a lot of value to people who are over there. And it's going to be a big platform for me. And I really don't want to miss that particular platform, right? It's a platform that I've got right now, a global platform, which I really want to explore and see how it goes from there, right? So uh, right from 2013, 2014 onwards, I've got some multiple business ideas. I've, I've got, always had these ideas and I've, I've, I've been seeing someone else doing it and it's, it's reaching some level in the market, right? So uh, I, I have this, you know, uh, eye for these ideas. Now I, I'm personally thinking of, you know, once I land there in Canada, this time, frankly speaking, give this a try, give the idea a try. So, and uh, I happen to hear a lot of good things about Canada in terms of starter, starting up and, you know, funding and stuff, right? So, it, maybe if government is also that supportive, why not we experiment something, right? So, try, try, build, build a big company, right? Provide jobs for people. Maybe 
if that's happening great otherwise you still learn something you can always come back right so uh you can always come back uh, it's it's not that you know i'm i'm done with india for good no it's never the case my parents are still here but one more advantage that i have is my family in terms of my own sister my wife's own brother they are there so again anyway so my parents are going to shuttle between india and canada so i'm not really going to miss them fully because at least every one year or two years once can be here and since my business is also established here in india there will be a lot of scope for me to travel from canada to india for doing this uh, seminars right so uh, there is a very good opportunity maybe uh, do seminars in five big cities delhi bombay you you go to ahmedabad you go to bangalore come there and do a session right for all the aspirants so it's it's going to be of a different value because someone from canada is coming and giving you a brief right so people are obviously going to come and attend and that way it's going to help the business part as well so um right now i really don't have an answer jack but maybe 6 months from now we'll again once again connect so i can give you a yeah. <laughs> better clarity on how this thing is going to be but still coping up no no i didn't uh, expect clarity at all ajay i mean just your mindset uh, because you know from a very uh, curious yeah. uh, angle that's about it you know and also you 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 told the um you know the logical part of all these things right i mean you wanted to do a business the opportunities are good there probably it's got a better ecosystem than yeah. india and you're you know at the at the bottom of all these things you said you know it's more about exploring yeah. and you want to probably challenge yourself and you know see probably you know get out of your comfort right. zone that's exactly bit. right uh, how uh, how was your pay, uh, how was your family your uh, mom dad how have they dealt with it you know what about your wife's parents <laughs> so um the thing is that you know uh, my wife is someone like uh, who never wants to come out of the city she is still not okay moving to canada we are just 36 days away from the flight and she is still not okay moving to canada if given a chance she'll she'll stay back here in india uh, but but the thing is that you know um, that's what uh, we as a family feel that there is a purpose for us to move as a family right and uh, mm. that is this intuitive thing we we sit we pray we 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 you know we believe in there is an intuition that says that yes you have to be there otherwise it it should not have happened right so mm-hmm. easily canada okay should not have happened to me right so mm-hmm. it's more like i didn't choose canada it was like canada choosing me you know yeah so yeah. yes it's going to this is one aspect of it second aspect of it if you talk from a personal point of view i am entering a zone which is very dangerous that is i am entering a deep comfort zone i have my parents right. here my my children are put in a very good school and uh, i have everything that i want i can i can buy a house maybe couple of houses here and i can settle down for good maybe if i continue doing this in one or two years my life is going to be settled for good maybe for another two generations i can save money but that's a very dangerous zone then you start falling down right uh, more comfort you get you are not growing so i felt that okay i should challenge myself right 34 years i have been here in this place so i said enough right so let's let's try to go out see how that life is my sister she has at least been to chennai she was there for work she uh, my wife she has uh, been on a hostel i have never come out right. of my house it's not even 3 4 days i have been there without seeing my parents this is going to be the first long break actually it's really going to be challenging it's going to be challenging for my parents as well because my kids grew up here i i stay with my parents right. my kids all grew up here 
and uh, right. whether they miss me or not they are definitely going to miss my kids for sure and <laughs> that's that's there and the same applies with my wife's parents as well with my in-laws as well they are very close to my wife right. they are very close to uh, my kids and uh, it's closely knit family and obviously this this distance is definitely going to pinch them for sure but uh, right. hoping that you know since the whole family is there now now when i go there it's like my side of the family and my wife side of the family they are there in canada so obviously the parents can come there anytime and uh, spend some quality time with us so hopefully yeah it's very interesting that you spoke about you know comfort zone can get dangerous and um, uh, this is uh, this is one thing i think you must have heard uh, easy times create tough men tough people and tough times create mm. um, uh, sorry easy times create tough uh, people and then you know tough times uh, create uh, great okay. people and then again great people create good times and then good times create weak people, people correct, you correct, know correct correct and probably you know that's what i remembered when you said you know comfort zone too much of comfort zone is too much uh, of comfort can actually lead you to complacency and then that's going to yeah, take you yeah. nowhere then your yeah. growth is stunt and if you want to be an entrepreneur if you want to establish something then this is not the right place right and right i'm right. i'm some, i'm passionate you know sometimes when the more you get na you get settled right so yes, i don't yes. want to settle right both the things are there in me one part of me says hey you are doing really good settle down other part says no no i know it's dangerous so this is not the reason why i came to business i came to business for something right. else right so this is something i could have even achieved if i was working somewhere i become the vice president i make good money i travel the world so this is this is something else right so i i want to i want to see the depth of it so it's a challenge that i'm taking on myself yeah and which part uh, are you going to go to I'm, i'll be landing in toronto ontario okay. toronto toronto ontario okay. and uh, okay that's where your family that's also where lives, my family lives. And that's exactly why i'm landing here otherwise i my my province is totally different i want to live in another province which is less happening and you know um like that which is that um i want to go to calgary uh, it's in alberta calgary but it's more northern uh, part yeah. of canada, it's it's like. very cold i mean obviously canada is yeah. harsh in terms of uh, climate for sure but it's the yeah, weather is really harsh but still you know that's uh, less happening and you know it's more scenic i i i want to be there so hopefully i'm going to experiment i'm going to see how it, this thing goes and i can move uh, anytime i want inside canada so that's definitely not going to be a problem so if something that in cards maybe in another 2 3 years I'll come tomorrow. Got it. Great, Ajay. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. Um, very, very interesting uh, story of yours. And I wish you all the very best. Good luck on your journey. And uh, we will probably, you know, I'll get in touch with you after some months and <laughs> see, you know, where you are. And I'd love to uh, probably have another casual podcast about your new life there. And, you know, you could probably talk about of that course of course uh, definitely jack thank you so much for this opportunity you know if if the message is uh, at least helping one or two yeah yeah this is worth it totally worth it right so that's yeah. the ultimate objective that's the ultimate uh, reason why we are doing what we are doing so if this is going to really help a budding entrepreneur or any entrepreneur for that matter then yeah great we have 
done a good job there yeah and for sure we let's connect yeah. once again so be in touch uh, yeah. i'll also be in touch with you sure. and uh, once i'm there in canada let's get connected and possibly we'll yeah. catch up once again for sure thank you so much for having me on the show jack it's been a pleasure ajay thank you this podcast is brought to you by edison os a no code edtech platform to operate an online education business Knowledge entrepreneurs can use Edison OS to sell online courses from their own websites, manage online masterclasses, launch mobile learning apps, sell online practice tests for competitive exams, run online learning communities, digitizing their offline tutoring business, use it as a learning management system, and a lot more cases in the domain of knowledge commerce.